know what I like. I like Dead and Lovely. <laughs> yeah. You got it. That's Nailed a classic it. Reba intro for uh-huh. you right there. Uh-huh. She's Reba. <laughs> she likes a Frito. She do. I also like a Frito. Who doesn't? I think dumb people probably Bad don't. Bad people don't love a Frito pie. That's okay by me. Yeah, man. Well, they call that something else somewhere else. Mm, they call it a Petro, a Petro in some places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm. But, you know, the Frito has that holy trinity of salt, fat, uh-huh. and sugar. Yeah. It's like everything your brain craves is a Frito. I like the jalapeno ones. I also like the chili cheese one. I think, dude, every time I have a chili cheese Frito, mm. I'm startled by how much they taste like Fritos with chili and cheese. Yeah. Like, it tastes exactly like when you have a bowl of chili with cheese and you eat it with Fritos. I would rather have the chili and cheese and Fritos. Oh, obviously. But chili cheese Fritos are a close second. I think if you had a Frito in the shape of a human breast, it would be the most appealing thing possible to mankind. That's true. Yeah. Um, it's everything that you want. If you could nurse off of that, off yeah. of a Frito boob. Yeah. You'd be set. Ooh-wee, buddy. Welcome, listeners, to <laughs> Dead and Lovely, your favorite Frito Munchin podcast, sponsored by Frito Lay. Oh shit, are we? No. Oh damn, I was we're working like, on it though. Yeah, we have some I bold keep, new I ideas. I keep showing up at their office, going, "Hey, we'll take your money," and they're yeah. like, "What for?" I'm well. It doesn't help that I'm right there next to you, going, "Make one in the shape of a boob." I don't know if that hurts or helps. It might help. I don't know. There might be a guy on the factory floor, like. Hey, that's a good idea. I'm an idea man. <laughs> they need to recognize me. How you doing this week, Steve? Uh, good. It's not been long since we last recorded. I feel like we're seeing so much. Listen, yeah. we're seeing so much of each other. I didn't even introduce ourselves. It's me, Uncle Ben. Oh, hey, it's me, Hollywood Steve. We've just been seeing so much of each other because we've been working overtime mm-hmm. here. Working um, overtime. Yeah. Workout. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> Trying to get ready for my beach vacation that I'm going on next week. So this week has been super busy for me trying to get all my ducks in a row, get several weeks stuff planned out, filmed, recorded, edited, blah, blah, blah. Uh That way, whenever I come back, I don't have to just immediately dive right back into, oh, shit, I need content for the week. Right. Yeah. I mean, also, when you get back very soon after... We're going to be starting making some videos ourselves. No kidding. I got to buckle up, buckaroo. Buckle up, buckaroo. I'm, I've been working on it. I think uh, I think we'll be well into ready by the time you get back. I like it. Yeah. I like it. So, yeah, we've been seeing a lot of each other yeah. lately. Doing a lot of casting, which I do. I enjoy very much. I do, too. I like to cast. It's fun. Casting makes me feel good. (laughs) (laughs) Have you been this week, Steve? Good, man. I, um, my wife, I I said last week, uh, she was, she was a little sick there and I avoided it. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want that. We, we worked hard. Like she didn't touch anything that I was going to touch. We cleaned everything off. If she did touch it. Uh, the only thing that has been real hard is I haven't kissed her in, Aww. in days. Aww. It's the worst. Bless her heart. Yeah. Bless her heart. My dog has, though. Oh, of course. Yeah. She's so, been trying to pass it along. Does she have, like, the spinal meningitis, like the sister in Pet Cemetery? She does. Somehow I got spinal meningitis. <laughs> 
What song Injecting is that? Injecting all that hairspray in my spine. I want this song. It's one of the Squidbillies theme songs. <laughs> Injecting all that hairspray uh-huh. in my spine. Uh-huh. I like that. Yeah. I've never really watched a Squidbilly. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. It oh, seems like man. it's right up my alley. It really is. You should check it out. It is, um, if you want to see uh, a show about Southerners made by Southerners, so I do. so they make fun of Southerners in the right way. Yeah, like the way you know Hollywood normally does it is like I'm just a bumpkin. Yeah, it's like that rings true for everybody else. They're like, yeah, that's what they're like. Yeah, but if you're from the South, you're like, that's only like forty percent of people. Exactly. There are other people. Right, 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 right. Somebody not all had, people. Not all people. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, I've been having a good time though. Uh, since my wife was home, she she took a couple days off work and then yeah. she was off for three days. So she was she was at home for five straight days. Wow. We watched a good bit of stuff together. What'd you watch? Uh, my wife hasn't seen season three of Rick and Morty, so okay. we sat down and started. Oh, get that get that up, doggy! Get it up now. <laughs> my dog likes to hack things up Just while we record. It. Sure. Um, we watched. Yeah, started watching season three of Rick and Morty. It's great. Yeah, love that show. It's Again, a show. it's a show that I've never I've never really watched before i've watched like two or three episodes and i was like yeah this is good but i don't feel like it was enough to really get into the show but yeah i feel i feel somewhat polarized about it because it seems like all the people that i know that like it Mm. are either like really smart extremely good looking people like yourself obviously or people that are really dumb and ugly and hideous yeah well you know you can't let the fans of a thing determine whether or not you'll get to enjoy it yeah insane clown posse exactly we all love the great Malenko. That's our favorite album Miracles. here. Dead and Ludley. Ludley. I like that. Dead and Ludley. Um, but yeah, it's a great show. You really got to watch it. I do Check really it need to watch it. Where's it streaming right now? Um, it's on the Hulus. I got that. Unedited. Okay. So that's good. I do prefer shows, especially those Adult Swim cartoons. They really are much funnier unedited. Mm, I, I strongly disagree. You hate. You yeah, hate that kind of profanity. Curses and, and swears. Ugh. Who wants to be around that? Zwoons! <laughs> um, I also watched a little movie called Ghost Stories. Which, that was recommended by some of our fans, yeah, right? D- Dave Bichet? Yeah, my Bichet? man Dave Bichet. Bichet, that's how you say Down it. in Tejas. Yeah. Dave's a good boy. Is he? He's a good picker, too. All right. Yeah. Well, he's also a good uh, uh, recommender of movies. <laughs> he's known as being <laughs> though he hadn't seen a good it. recommender of he movies. He hadn't seen it. Okay. He's, he just well, that's how good. That's how it. good at recommending he is. Yeah. He's like, I've not seen this, but I know that it's gold. So watch it. He was right. It is. It is really good. It's. Uh, it's got some real good creepiness to it. And I like a yeah. movie that's creepy. I like a creep. Mm-hmm. I like to creep on me. So yeah. and so I creep. Yeah, just mm. keep it on the R.I.P. Ballot. Left Eye. R.I.P. Oh, shit. Let's pour one out for the homies Let's on pour one subject. out for Left Eye. You brought us a sweet My treat girl. from the east. The east of Knoxville, that is. <laughs> yep. On the way over here. Yeah, dropped by Pretentious. And um, our, our friend, old Flat Earth Miss Trueblood, has is. been spouting how delicious this... Uh, what is it called Trendy again? AF. Tr- hashtag, hashtag Trendy, trendy AF. AF. He's told me that it's real good, yeah. and as I've said on previous shows, like you know, pretentious. They just started brewing up some some beers in that place not yeah. too long ago. Yeah, and uh, they got good at it extremely quickly. Yeah. and I think a couple episodes ago we had the Yacht Flock IPA. Yeah, that which was great. Was fucking phenomenal. Uh-huh. It was really good. But everybody's always told me that these 
It's like a series of beers they have called Trinity AF. There's like uh-huh. a... All kinds of different flavors. Which one did you get us? I got the pineapple. They also Mm. had an apricot, and they also had a super trendy AF, which was a bit more high gravity. This one's, I think, 5.7 or so. Yeah, 5.7, 9. I can't tell what it says. Um... So Ooh, it smells great. It though. really does. You Woo! can smell it. It looks like a golden. It got that haze to it. Beautiful mystery well, liquid. Let's I'm try excited. it out. Let's try this thing out here. I love anything pineapple related. How's that treating you over there? That is shockingly smooth. They may have just given me pineapple juice. Good God Almighty, that is out of control. Fantastic. Yeah, Holy I could shit. see downing. Way too much of this, way too quick. Way too all of this. Yeah. But, you know, it, it's interesting because as pineapple as it is, it doesn't really have the, like, acidic bite yeah. of, like, pineapple. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Holy moly. That's fantastic, man. Yeah, the only thing that I find about Pretentious is, like, everything that they make is really, really, really good. Uh-huh. But, like, the ones that are, like, insanely good, like this one, mm-hmm. they make in, like, small batches. And then they sell out. And then every time, yeah, every other time you go there, it's like, ah, we're out of that again. Yeah. And it's like, that means you should make all of it. Well, that's the way you drive. You got to drive the demand. I guess Too so. Too much supply. And you don't want to have uh, some sitting back there skunking up and then you serve it and people are like, hey, that trendy AF isn't really good at all. I guess that's how the diamond industry works. Am I right? Oh, you talk, you say pretentious is involved in blood brewing? Hey, hey it just might be. <laughs> <laughs> They're blood little, brewing. Little kids in Africa are brewing this beer. <laughs> it sure is fucking delicious. It is though. good. They're doing a good job. The I would, small children. I would much rather have this around than diamonds. Well, one hundred percent. What is the use in a diamond? It's worthless. Unless I mean, uh, it is very helpful in cutting things. Record needles. Uh huh. Um, also, they use them for like different types of what not. Okay, diamonds are kind of useful sometimes. Yeah, sure, but mm. not. As wonderful as this beer. No, not even close. Holy cow. Not yeah, if you close. guys are in the Knoxville area, definitely stop by Pretentious uh, Beer and Glass Company. Yeah. And they'll put you a beer in a glass. What'll make you say, yay! While I was in there, um, and the bartender was putting together my my Crowler, Crowler. here. Mr. Crowley. I noticed that they had a, a brew called Ale Ale Cool J. <laughs> Ale Ale. Uh-huh. So I asked I asked her if I could get a taste of it. It's pretty good. Awesome. A, little, a bit of a cherry flavor to it. I, I was like enjoying that. it. This is really extremely wonderful. Yeah. It I, really is. I had a beer earlier this week that was uh, it's called Pineapple Palisades. It's by Oh, isn't that uh, West Coast Brewing Company or something like that? Is it, is it's in that, like a pink and teal can. Yeah. And it was like first sip it was like wow this is so pineapple-y uh-huh. and then it's just kind of like i felt like i was kind of sucking on like a white lifesaver after a while and i was like this is too pineapple-y yeah it was not great yeah this is where it should be it's just a hint of pineapple yeah wonderful stuff thanks for bringing that along steve yeah Arena. no problem i uh i want to you know because uh we're not going to be recording for a couple weeks yeah yes i'll be able to blow it out my Look man this is my going away treat huh? uh-huh Okay, so Ghost Stories is an anthology, and I should watch it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I think I think anybody. It, it's even if you don't like the the story, the full story to it, which is possible. I think. Yeah. It is so well directed, and it looks so good and creepy. Yeah. That you'll get something out of it. At well, least. That's what I was gonna ask. Is like a lot of anthology flicks tend to veer more towards horror comedy. Is this oh, more no, just no, straight no. scary? No, it's just straight scary. I mean. Yeah, it's just 
It's and it is ghost stories. It okay. is more. It is more uh, spine tingling than it is Ooh, a gore fest. I feel a chill. Uh huh. That's what you say. I feel a chill. Oh, <laughs> vibrato. Fainting. <laughs> I tend to say that mm-hmm. as I do the fainting. Well, it's a good way to do it. That's cool, man. Sounds like that's something I should check out. I watched myself a great fucking movie last night. Uh huh. It's an Isle of Dogs. Oh yeah. By Wesley Anderson. Wesley Anderson. Yeah. I've heard of him. It's fucking He's fantastic. making a splash out there in Hollywood. He is. He's made himself a Rushmore. Uh-huh. A life That's... aquatic. Bottle rocket. All kinds of things, man. Uh-huh. Fantastic Mr. Fox. Yeah. The yeah. Grand Budapest oh. Hotels probably one it's of great. my favorites. Yeah, yeah, what is your favorite, Wes Anderson? That's a tough one. I mean... It's such like a white people question. To it ask. is the white. While, we're drink, the white. while we drink this locally <laughs> brewed <that>. IPA... <laughs> God. What's your favorite Charlie Kaufman screenplay? Um, I don't know. Yeah, I think actually, you know what? Moonrise Kingdom is probably my Moonrise favorite. Moonrise Kingdom is infinitely. It has watchable. definitely so the best line in a Wes Anderson movie, which is whenever uh, Ed, Edward Norton shows up to that Boy Scout camp, and Harvey Keitel walks up to him and says, "Where's your goddamn troop, you son of a bitch?" That's perfect. <laughs> It's so good, man. Yeah, I love Moonrise Kingdom. It's like, I was kind of thinking ahead of time. I was like, which one is my favorite? And my first answer was Mr. Fox, because I love it so much. Yeah, it's so good. Moonrise, I could watch a million times. It's just Uh a fun, easy watch. But I'll say, man, Isle of Dogs is fucking fantastic. Awesome. Such a great balance of like humor and really inventive uh, storytelling, camera angles, effects. The animation is unbelievably great. It really does look... I Just Dude. from the previews, it looked great. Oh, man. It's fantastic. I can't recommend it enough. I think it was... Uh, I think we just bought it on Prime because we were like, yeah, we'll probably like it. Yeah. And we did. <laughs> you were correct. Tell you what, I'm looking forward to going and sitting my ass down on the beach. Right on the beach. Right near the beach. Mm-hmm. I started to tell you a beach story earlier. I never got to finish. What is it? Let's hear it. So, about... Let's see... It was about four or five years ago, uh-huh. um, we were going on our annual family beach vacation. We always go to the beach pretty much every summer Yeah, with my wife and her parents, and we just like sit, literally sit on the beach all week. It's perfect. We don't even rent a hotel. That's the way to do yeah, it. Yeah, we just sit on the beach we, and chairs. I've actually, when I was younger, my aunt and uncle went to a place where you camp yeah. on the beach. Oh, yeah, the, it was like the beach super camp. super cheap. I've never done that. It is fun. So... While we were there, uh, there was somebody else staying at the condo that we were staying at that had like a, um, it's like a pimped out old Cadillac or something. Okay. Actually, it wasn't really too pimped out. It was pretty stock, except for he had this amazing vanity plate on the back for his license plate. And it was A-T-D-A-B-C-H. At the beach. At the beach. At the beach. (laughs) (laughs) And for some reason, it has like never left my mind. And it's like, I, I physically cannot say, I'll be at the beach. At the beach. Yeah, even people who aren't in on the joke, I'm like, I'll be at the beach. <laughs> at the beach. I think I said it on the last episode, if I'm not mistaken. Probably. That's where at the beach came from. That's awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. So while I'm down there, I mean, I'm not going to do shit. I'm just going to sit in the shade under a A, Ella, umbrella. <laughs> I'm going to read some book. I got me a couple book picked out. Uh huh. I'm bringing along a book I haven't read since probably, dang, 
probably late high school days. Pokey little puppy. Pokey little puppy. How did mm. you know? I don't know. It's my favorite beach mm-hmm. read. It's a good one. Uh, bringing along Invisible Monsters by Chuck Palahniuk. Oh, okay. You ever read that book? No, I haven't. It's his, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was his first book, but it wasn't his first published one. Okay. Pretty cool. It's about the fashion industry. I wanted to get um, Survivor and bring it. Have you ever read that one? No. It's about like a guy who was a part of a like a doomsday cult or something. Uh-huh. It's really dope. It's been years since I read it, too. I was going to bring it, but I couldn't find it on a bookshelf. So I'm bringing Invisible Monsters. I'm packing along a Harry Potter 4. Because awesome. how can I not? I gotta um, read Harry Potter at the bitch. Generally, if a book was written after World War One, yeah, I probably haven't read it. <laughs> You're like way old school. I don't. I don't. I'll be honest with you. Most opening lines to books in like postmodern novels make me want to retch. I wow. I start to read so many books that people recommend to me, and I get to the first. I just get through that first sentence and I'm like, this is going to suck. But you get to like, it, <laughs> it was the best of times. It was the worst times. And you just, you start yeah, cause it's it. fucking you awesome. Just, you just yank it out and start going the best to town of times, worst of times. Okay. So wait, what's going on here? I'm already dragged into this. Call me Ishmael. Oh, wait, is that your name? Oh, Ishmael. Oh, it's not his name. Maybe it might be his name. Could it's be. unlikely that it's his name. You might have a point. Yeah. What about in the beginning? That's Let's, a pretty good opener, right? That's a pretty good one. Pretty yeah. strong. Way to go, Genesis. <laughs> Everybody's favorite book. Yeah, that's a definitely. good beach read. So we're going to be out. Oh, the Bible? Yeah, yeah. favorite beach read. <laughs> we're just going to be out there, and we're going to be chilling out with my, my sister-in-law. She's uh-huh. coming in from China. Yeah. She live in the China right she now. She lives in China. Working, teaching English, spreading mm-hmm. the language of freedom. Thank goodness. Oh, man. If not for her, who would? Training our future employers. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, she's coming into town. She's got her new German boyfriend, Jan, with her, who is like a stereotype of everything it means to be a German person. Well, his name is Jan. Exactly. And he's a German engineer. Of course he is. I'm sure there's a great sense of humor on that guy. Oh, man. Just a real silly heart. If you do, if you, if you have trouble like starting a conversation with him, just say auto and then stare at him. See what happens. I think the whole trip, I'm just going to be like, man, this is nice, but I really wish I was on the Autobahn. Yeah. And then just turn to look at him. Yeah. Boy, uh, the best thing right now would be to hear the comedy stylings of Flew Laborg. I like a Flula. Oh, yeah, he's great. He's really funny. fantastic. Uh-huh. So, yeah, it's going to be fun. I'm going to be doing some planning for my YouTube channel, planning for our YouTube channel, doing all kinds of fun stuff. I am stoked. And, of course, eating some great Calabash-style seafood. Hell, yeah. And probably, like, more potatoes and fried things yeah, than I care to. Yeah, just Everything fried. Pretty much. I don't know about maybe you, man. A, maybe a little bit of corn. Maybe. Perhaps. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Like, I love traveling. I love eating other yeah. places. Most places don't offer as much like vegetation as I like to eat at home. California does. If yeah, you want to go true. eat some seafood, seafood and an California. avocado. And, yeah, some seafood and more weird greens than you could name. For the low price of $65, then that's the place to go. Uh, you know, you can get cheap. Uh, it just... LA is one of those places where you could you could easily get ripped off for a mediocre meal oh, yeah. just because you're in the wrong part of town. But you go to the right part of town, 
Oh, it's true. I'll get be, a great I've meal eaten, for a reasonable price. I've eaten great in California for very yeah. cheap. You're exactly right. Oh, speaking of which, speaking of that West Coast coming east, yeah. there's a pokey place opening in Knoxville. Holy shit. It's really? called Pokey Bros. Pokey Bros. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm definitely stoked on that. That's a West Coast treat. That <laughs> It is. I've been saying for a while. Like, straight, out the, straight out of Hawaii. Hawaii. Ha- Hawaii. Uh-huh. I'll tell you what. I actually just had pokey for the first time in January, and mm-hmm. since I got back... I've been, well, I had it in LA. And since I got back, I've been like, damn it, when are we going to get a pokey place out here? Yeah, well, it's. The answer is now. Yeah. Fucking now. The problem is the fish fish should be fresh. Yeah. Fresh caught out of the ocean. You want that. Before you throw it in a bowl. I want them old. I want some maturity on that thing. You do? Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Let them develop. You want to know it's got some miles on it after it was caught. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) That's what you want. Those post mortem miles on a fish, right? Yeah. <laughs> so that's cool, man. Well, I look forward to going to the beach and have myself a good old time. But in the meantime, we've got to review a fucking horror movie today. Oh, right. We've got to talk about Tremors. Tremors. From 19... Huh? <laughs> it's 19 and 90. That's what I said. Yeah. 1990? 1990. Wow. I was like six when this came out. Yeah. I don't think I realized it was that old. It's an old one. It, uh, it doesn't look... Much like a 90 movie. No, it doesn't really. But you can really hide a lot about age using <laughs> bright ass sun. And denim. And denim. Yeah. yeah. Den- denim always contemporary. Sure. It Especially really is, if you're wearing actually. all denim. Yeah. It is. It really is. But yeah. there are certainly some times where you see someone wearing some denim and you're like, oh, this is the 70s. Or too much denim, and you're like, oh, late 90s, yeah. Jinkos. Oh, shit. Too much Don't denim. Don't get wet. You will, <laughs> yeah. you will drown. You'll weigh 800 pounds. Uh-huh. But before we get into talking about Tremors, Steve, this is one of those movies that I feel like mm-hmm. I feel kind of left out in the cold, all alone on, you, because... You didn't see it as a child. I didn't see it as a child. No. This is one of those ones that I've only seen as an adult. And I feel like a lot of the people that really like this movie... It's because they watched it when they were kinder kids, uh-huh. child children, child children, and they've grown up and they still like it. Because a lot of times, like whenever you like something mm-hmm. as a kid, especially yeah. a, a TV or a movie or anything like that, mm-hmm. you grow up and you still think that you like it because you just look back on it so fondly. But sometimes your opinions about stuff change. That's true. So for the preview palace I, segment I re- of our show, that's us. Preview, preview palace. palace. Welcome. To the preview <laughs> I want to spend some time here talking about two different lists. I want to talk about stuff that we used to like yeah. when we were kinder kids, but now don't like. Okay. And then I also want to talk about things that we used to hate as kinder children okay. and now like as kinder adults. This is going to be fun. All right. Well, let's, let's do like a top threesus. Okay. Let's start with stuff. That we used to like. Somebody that I used to like. What's your number one you got on your list of stuff you well, used to like? Um, <laughs> this is me to a T. Hit me. I used to love going out and doing things. <laughs> Man, it was the best when it would be like, we're going to do this and this and this today. And I'd be like, yeah. Hey, remember when after a full day of working, you wanted to go out and do other stuff? Oh, Jesus. Fuck all that. Yeah. You kidding? Man, no. I think I think I began uh, actually in high school, yeah. getting to the point where it was like I don't want to go out and do stuff because yeah. um, my my I lived with my grandparents in high school and I lived in the basement, so I had a separate entrance and everything. Oh yeah, 
And um, so my house was kind of party central among my friends. And so that meant most of the time when we were like, let's get drunk and yeah. you're underage, you can't really go places. Yeah, yeah. You go to my house. Go to Steve's basement. And for me, that meant not doing anything. <laughs> yeah, you were already there. <laughs> so it kind of developed this so like I, long-standing thing where I was, I'm just like, I'd prefer to be at my house or somebody else's house. So here's the thing: you're saying that you get you used to like going out and doing stuff. I don't think you ever went out and did stuff from what you're wow, telling me. Well, when I was a little kid, I did. Like, yeah, yeah. I'd go. I, I I participated in tons of sports. I would uh, would love to go to the zoo, places like that. Okay, yeah. Or the Museum of Appalachia. Ooh. Actually, I'd love to go to that place now I've that I think about it. I've been to that in forever. Yeah. I remember enjoying I it as I've a kid, been. though. Like, I really like the smells there. I really like this fucking beer. I'm pouring Hell this yeah. around, too. Good God, it's fantastic. It really is. Um, so, yeah, I used to love going out and doing things. And also, I, I used relate to, to that. I used to love just, you know, being outside a lot. Yeah, yeah. And now it's like, man, it's just too hot for that bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't want, I don't want to be outside when inside exists. I can understand what you mean, though, because especially anymore, it's like everything I do, I'm so fucking busy all the yeah. time that the thought of like, hey, I could just have a night where I casually just stay at home and do whatever I want at it's my leisure best. and like watch a movie or watch like YouTube videos or yeah. whatever, or like honestly be like, cool, I can work and make more videos or learn a song. It's it like, really is I'm kind of like on board with best. that. And, you know, honestly, too, I think part of what kind of has cured me off of a lot of the, the urge to go out and party and stuff uh-huh. is because a, a lot of my work detail involves going out to venues and being around concerts and music and shows yeah. and bars and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I kind of kind of peopled myself out sometimes. Yeah. I say that, but I know my wife is listening to this being like, he's so full of fucking shit. He does shit all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, <laughs> I really do. Like, I, I enjoy seeing my friends. I enjoy going out and doing stuff. All the time. And I kind of get like, I get the cabin fever if I'm at home too much. Really? Okay. I do. And you know what? You know, I do too. I do too. I have to go do something. Right. At least every couple days for sure. Well, the thing that I think is different about both of our situations Uh is me being a musician, you being a writer too. When your house is the office. Yeah, that is the problem. Yeah. Yeah, you 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 have to just get away from it. Yeah, you check out of the office and you're still in the office. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it can make you kind of nuts. Because I know that there's been days where it's like... You know, I'll be teaching all day long on Skype, right? Sitting in front yeah. of my computer right here in the music room. And then I'm like, oh, man, I really want to, like, work on transcribing this song, which means sitting in front of the computer some more. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know? So I have I'm to get out and go do to stuff. the store. Yeah. Like, that happens that. to me a lot where it's just oh, like, yeah. I'm, I want to make fun tonight. <laughs> like, I just want to go do something that's not sitting here. I want to be the not here. Yeah. I completely understand. That's a good one, Steve. Now, myself, something that I used to like, uh-huh. don't like no more, that's wearing a jort. That's wearing a jort. <laughs> I always felt uncomfortable in jorts. I always felt too comfortable in jorts. I felt more myself, more alive, and more at home than I ever did when yeah. I was engulfed in a baggy denim, perhaps even with a carpenter uh, a carpenter pocket, <laughs> a hammer loop, as yeah. we talked about. Mm-hmm. That was just that was just me. And then too, it's like even beyond that, the amount of just extreme fashion faux pas. Oh yeah, I'm by no <laughs> means a fashionable male. I say this as I wear a, a WWF T-shirt with like Ted DiBiase. I was gonna and say, stuff yeah, on. I'm digging it's your fashion sick, like crazy. Dude. 
But man, it's like I used to just love like a like a big old like size large or XL uh-huh. t shirt that just wrapped me up like a tent. Yeah. Some big old baggy pants, a new balance, you know, shoe. But this is what happens when you're homeschooled and you don't see what people look like. Right. It, that will definitely affect the way you dress, I guess. My mom said I was a very handsome young man. She so. wasn't wrong. I mean, I didn't think she was lying. I, I'll i tell you this. Uh, given enough money, I would have insane like insane amounts of clothes. Really? I really like clothes shopping. And Do like you clothes. really? The thing is, Interesting. we just don't have the money for it. So yeah. I didn't know I'm that about you. I'm fine with being basic. You know, though, whenever I first met you, you were you were quite fond. You you had yourself some fine suits back in the day, yeah. and I assume you yeah. probably still do. I do. I also used to wear uh, I used to wear cowboy boots sometimes. Uh huh. Because I I think cowboy boots are cool. I'd like me a good boot. I've yeah. never owned a cowboy boot in my fucking life. I also had a cowboy hat that I would wear sometimes. Were you a caballero? I wasn't. I would be uh, driving around listening to hip hop in my 1992 Cadillac DeVille. <laughs> And then I would step out with my cowboy boots and put on my cowboy hat and walk to class at Walter State. And dudes would be like, that's the weirdest racist <laughs> I've ever hell? seen. What the hell just stepped out of that car? You'd be listening to the hip hop and be like, why can't I quit you? <laughs> <laughs> Was it like that? You hurt my grandmama's ears. Dude, the thing is, is like, I think that I hate clothing and stuff. Yeah. But, but then... I'll get a I'll get a new article of something and it'll get me really really jazzed up and I'll want to like wear it all the time, uh, but I think I could also at the same time be that like have like a Doug Funny wardrobe where it's just yeah it's just the same thing yeah, every day because I do like the notion of there's Not no having thought to pick something yeah there's no thought involved yeah I just put it on and it's fine like yeah. if I could just wear like black jeans like I'm wearing right now yeah. and like some kind of black shirt. I'm on board. If I could afford it, I would wear a suit and tie every single day. Well, that's my favorite sure. thing about wintertime is like, usually it's just like, okay, I have a couple pairs of the same like black jeans that I'll wear every day. Uh-huh. I'll put on literally whatever hoodie or sorry, whatever t-shirt and then just put the same hoodie on it all the time. I, it doesn't I even love, matter. I love a hoodie. Yeah. Seriously, the best clothing it's is winter clothing. It's the best clothing article. Yeah. A hoodie and a is, hoodie the, is the best part of winter clothing. Definitely, yeah. definitely. So yeah, I used to like some really stupid things to wear, and I still wear some stupid things. Yeah, but not a jort. No a, jort. A jort hasn't touched my loins since probably <laughs> my wife got me to quit wearing them around the age, probably, damn, probably like eighteen or nineteen. Oh man, way past jort age. Kevin Smith still wears them. Hey, he does still wear a so... jort, and I love him. <laughs> Yeah. God, he's lost so much weight. It's crazy. I wonder if you can find jorts in that size. That's a good question. Jorts, I think, are only in larger sizes, right? He posted a picture on his Instagram the other day of him on the set of like Zach and Miri versus him now. And it's like, dude. Yeah. I mean, I always knew he was like a big dude, but it's like you never I realized. Peak, wasn't he close to 400? I think so, yeah. which I think was I around think that time. That. He, yeah. looked, he looked big. Yeah, he was a big hey, dude. Big old boy. Yeah. Good on you, Kevin. We won't keep go. you around. For real. All right, number two on your list, things you used to like but now don't like no more. All right, so this is, um, <laughs> this is, I guess, from my childhood, uh, but really what I'm talking about is more from my teen to early adulthood. Okay. And that is co-op gaming. Co-op gaming. Yeah. Okay, so like on a PC or something? Uh, on anything. Like, like... Uh, I would say the first would be Contra. Okay, where yeah. Where you have to rely on somebody else to help you win the game. My brother and I and other friends and I played so much of a Contra. Yeah. 
back in the day. It was man. fun. I loved it so much. Man. Yeah. And a Super Contra as well. Super Contra is great. Yeah, yeah. Or, uh, you know, even up to, say, like, Call of Duty, uh, Halo, stuff like that, where you're relying on the rest of your team to win. See, those games... I used to love those games. It was just past my era of gaming. Yeah. You know, like, I, I've never been, like, a big online gamer. It's like when I stopped playing games, it's kind of right when online gaming kind of became a thing, which is probably... Yeah. For the better, I think I would get way sucked into that stuff. Oh, one hundred percent. I yeah. I was and and uh, 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 used to live with my man Flying Brian. Oh yeah, and we were all Mormons. So when we get together, what do you do if you can't drink? You play Halo. Get some wives. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Some Halo. Just gather as much wife as Material. you can get. Yeah, <laughs> wife uh, stat plus fifteen. So yeah, we'd have big like land parties at uh, at our apartment, and then when he moved to another place, we'd go to his place. Man, uh, used to love that stuff. Nowadays, if if a game requires me having to work with somebody else to play it, I won't play it. Really, I'm not interested. You're a lone wolf. Yeah, I like. I probably like the next Grand Theft Auto game that comes out. I doubt I will buy it. Is it a co-op thing? Grand Theft Auto Five had an amazing fucking story. Just awesome story. Awesome environments. Everything was great about it. And then it, they just turned it into, like, every update was just an update to the the online portion where yeah. you're playing against and with other people. And uh, I'm like, I'm not, I'm just not going to do it. Fuck that. Like, yeah, I'm not interested because I want, I want the experience for myself. Like, I guess it is this thing where it's like, I'm trying to escape reality yeah. by playing it. Like, back in the day, oh, that okay. just was reality. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Like, we're just playing a game and it's fun, but now it's like, oh, well, I want to escape reality. That means I don't want to have to deal with some dickhead. Yeah, <laughs> like, not pulling his weight or yeah, whatever. Yeah, exactly. You know, I can understand that, and I, I feel like if I ever got wrapped up in online gaming, I would either love it or be, be exactly like you are. Yeah. Because, like, I really hate dealing with group projects where somebody's not pulling their weight. That drives me fucking that is... insane. <laughs> That 100% is exactly what it is to me. Uh, because throughout high school, I remember being in groups yeah. and being like, like there'd be two of us and we would do everything. Yeah, yeah. And then everybody else just doesn't do shit. Uh, yeah, that would drive me fucking insane. It's the worst. I could not stand that. But, you know, at the same time, it's like my buddy Andy Wood and... He's got a, he's got a couple of buddies like uh, uh, Travis Toy that plays with Rascal Flats uh-huh. and a friend Tim and a couple other people that have like a uh, a clan in Destiny. Oh okay. That you know get together on Wednesday nights and they all just shoot the shit and like blow stuff up. And yeah, it's awesome. It sounds really fun. Sometimes really I'll come is. over and he'll be playing that and it's like oh yeah I'm a I'm a fucking space wizard uh-huh. and I have a space sword and I'm drunk on the space wine and I'm like dude <laughs> I space want that. Wine? Yeah, there's space wine. Um, and it seems so fun because it's like they just shoot the shit the same way that we are right now, only they're also blowing stuff up and they're space wizards. It is really fun. Like, I, I guess, honestly, it is more fun when you're actually in the room with the people you're playing with yeah. and not just playing with somebody. Oh, no, they do it long distance, too. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So they're talking to each other and stuff while they're yeah. playing. I don't I, know. I fun. do play uh, um, Marvel Strike Force as a mobile game, and yeah. I, am in a, I am in an alliance there. We do, you know, some stuff together every time we have to do it. I'm like, fuck, is anybody going to do what needs to be done? Ugh, yeah. A lot of times our alliance fucks up and doesn't do exactly what you would hope they would do. Yeah. And it frustrates the shit out of me. and makes me not want to play the game. 
it would really irritate me if they didn't go and rate and review our podcast yeah on that's exactly what i tell them every time i'm like hey guys since we just had that yeah. sweet raid why don't you go rate and review me on itunes yeah exactly it only takes a second of your time and it means the world to us yeah so it means the world to us <laughs> when i read those like i'm 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 literally just i have a gun in my hand like i'm just gonna end it let me just read a review uh, all right yeah no i'll keep going yeah i'll exactly. keep going they keep us trucking <laughs> i'll tell you something that i used to like that i don't care tell for me. much anymore this is jesus <laughs> shit i didn't even put that on the list should have well i went through uh i went through a whole lot of my lifetime being li- a jesus li- fella liking myself a jesus yeah like that guy's all right he's all right with me jesus is just all, all right, right well me. yeah and I even spent a lot of my time listening to completely embarrassing Christian music. Yeah. Which uh, I go back and I've checked out some of that stuff that I used to listen to. and it, Nah, it doesn't hold up, huh? I, I wish I knew the name for it, but like the Japanese have a word for the kind of like empathetic embarrassment that you feel when uh-huh. somebody's like really sucking. Yeah. And you just feel embarrassed for them. Yeah, I feel that all the time. That's what I feel when I listen to a lot of these old bands and stuff. Uh-huh. Although I will say, there's still a couple that are decent. Huh. Jars of Clay. Jars of Clay. Flood, uh-huh. obviously. <laughs> uh, there was this like Christian uh, industrial band called oh. Circle of Dust that I used to oh, like. Yeah? It's actually still pretty good. Okay. It kind of sounds like Trent Reznor's dick. Like you'd better you'd be better off listening to Nine Inch Nails. Okay. Uh, but it's not bad. All right. And his early live act. Okay. Which I'm, I'm talking about, like 1994-ish, <laughs> 19 maybe 95, 96. That was the jam. He had a live show. The guy's name is Clay Scott. I don't know why I remember that. But he also had a live show that involved, um, damn it, who's that uh, mind freak guy? Chris Angel. Shit. Yeah. They used, no. to, they used to work really? together. Yeah, for this Christian industrial band. They'd <laughs> do like a live performance with magic and stuff. Very silly. Uh, but yeah, I grew up all about that. Started falling away from that when I was probably around probably around 17 or 18, something like that. See, I didn't grow up with Jesus. Yeah, that's the I, thing. I, yeah. I, uh, I had an affair with Jesus for 10 years. Yeah, just flirting. In my adulthood. Just fooling around. Yeah, it's a little. Friends with benefits. Yeah, that's what I'd call it. Here's a question I got for you. Uh-huh. I, I thought about this the other day. Remember on one of our other shows, we were talking about the pronoun game being really fishy with uh-huh. the Holy Trinity? They. Yeah. He, they, mm-hmm. I don't know. Is all sex technically a threesome if you factor in the Holy Ghost? Yes. That's hot. Is masturbation unconsensual sex? Ooh, and that's why it's bad. <laughs> exactly. Now, here's the... <laughs> all right, so here's the question. When two dudes and, and, and a lady have sex, they call that a devil's three-way. Okay. So do does they? that mean the Holy Ghost is a girl, is a lady? Or is he just like, I'm out. And the devil's like, hell yeah. Hell I'm watching yeah, shit. dog. I don't know. That's a really good question. But yeah, I definitely fell out of my religious ways uh, later on in life. But man alive, that stuff had a hold of me this for tastes, a long old time. This tastes like a pineapple cream saver, kind of. In a way. It's less sugary, but yeah. Mm, well, yeah, not sugary really at all, but it's got that creaminess on the back mm. end. I'm, del- I'm, I'm, I'm really enjoying this. Mm-mm. Now, you were into a Jesus for a while, and you got out of that probably, how many years ago now? Probably five oh, or gosh. six? Um, it's not long after we moved to this house, so probably about six years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't even I haven't even kept track of that. I'd say like five, six years probably. Yeah, 
I remember you came to a party because, like, as long as I had known you, you were a Mormon. And I, and I said, I ain't a Mormon no more. <laughs> well, like, I remember we were having a party over here, and uh, you're sitting out on, out here on the uh, uh, in the carport on the yeah. swing or something, and you were drinking a beer, and I was like, Stephen, what? Do you know there's beer in that beer? No. <laughs> you're like, yeah. I performed a miracle on it. Took the, took, took <laughs> yeah. the beer out. Uh, oh, yeah. It. No, I. Yeah, Jesus and I, we had we didn't have a falling out. Mm. More, it was more of like a. Oh, I've been talking to myself. Yeah, there's a lot of that for ten years. Yeah, I would say I would say that I had I have had a little bit of a falling out. I find yeah, I find myself as I go on in life just becoming less and less tolerant and exuberant of any religious content yeah i'm not i'm not a fan of it it's good for some people yeah i don't uh i don't mind if other people do it sure as long as what they're doing doesn't hurt others no absolutely yeah and unfortunately too much of christianity is very harmful to society and many other religions as well yeah yeah oh obviously islam is very harmful to society a lot of let's yeah, yeah let's not pretend that Judaism is helping any Palestinians in exactly. in Israel. So it's so. like there's a lot of people. I've known a lot of people that are very religious that are genuinely some of the greatest people I've ever known yes, in 100%. my life. Wonderful, fantastic uh-huh. people. And I've known a lot of people who it has gotten them out of some very tough times or helped yeah. them not to do bad things. And it that's did fantastic. that for me. Yeah. It got me out of uh, a rut that I was in after I uh, dropped out of college The when mm. I first went. Um yeah, I was just in a rut of uh, smoking too much weed, mm-hmm. taking uh, hallucinogens all the time, mm-hmm. just really not doing anything with my life. Yeah. Um, so it, it helped with that. And it got you to our friends in Russia. That's true. And that was uh, that was great. I love Russia. Like, I loved the people, etc. Don't yeah. care for the politics oh, or government. I was, was going to say, get out of here, you anti-patriot. But is it actually now patriotic No, it's extremely like patriotic now to like when uh, your president becomes a puppet for a man who is obviously playing him constantly. Obviously. Yeah. Let me point something out that I just thought about the other day that I think that everybody is ignoring way too much when it comes to any sort of ass-kissery between Trump yeah. and Putin. I think that every time that we talk about acknowledging Russia... Uh, as our friends or comrades in any sort of way, remember, you're talking about a country where it's illegal to be gay. Yeah. You're talking about a, com- a country where he regularly kills his political opponents and yeah. people in the media that are critical of him. Yep. Pretty much. Yeah. And people Don't in other that. countries. Yeah, exactly. For instance, uh, two people in, in uh, England recently yeah. killed a, by a Soviet-era poison. Yep. It's a hub of crimes against humanity. And, yeah, uh, and it's it's ran by the Russian mafia. Yeah, like that's he he's as much in control of the Russian mafia as he is in ru- control of Russia. Right. So don't forget that next time that you're like, oh, it's okay that he likes Putin. No, it's not. It's, it's not really, okay that he really likes not. Putin. It's okay to be diplomatic towards Putin. Sure. But just as Clinton and uh, and even dummy George W. Bush and Obama all knew, Putin has way more going on. Then he lets on. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And so. you can't just trust him. Yeah. You can't just trust anything he does because he's trying to destroy you. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, the thing, though, and this is something that was on my mind earlier, too. It's like, you know, 
what we're seeing going on as far as like we we of course know now that Russians did meddle with our election. Yeah, we know that despite we know the that. fact that people keep saying that we don't know that. But we even do. Even though we do know that. We do know that. Yeah. Just through the spread of disinformation and stuff like this. Mm. Um, but you know, I was thinking about it earlier and I was like, you know what though? Think about all of the other elections and world leaders and stuff like this that America has tampered with in the yeah. name of spreading democracy. That's been an excuse I've seen from a lot of alt-writers who Ooh. are like, Ooh. it's okay that, that yeah. they did it because we do it all the time. And it's like, yeah, it's not, not really. okay when we no, do it. It's not okay when we do it yeah. either. Exactly. So <laughs> it's kind of one of those karmic debt sort of things, I suppose, at the end of the day. No. Where it's like, you know. I don't believe I don't believe in, in karma. Oh, of course or not. Karmic no. debts. No. Uh, certainly, every time our country does something evil, it's shitty, and I want it called out. Yeah, exactly. And if it's a Democrat in control and they're doing shitty shit, I Fuck call em. it out. Yeah. And I know tons of other liberals that do. Yeah. It's like this constant bullshit straw man argument from the right. That, oh, when Obama did it, you didn't care? No, yeah, I, I, did. I really did, though. I cared so much that Obama was constantly using drones yeah. and killing civilians and reclassifying them as uh, enemy combatants because yeah. they were male. Absolutely so. Yep. Just because you're a man and you got killed by a drone, now you were an enemy combatant. Like, that's bullshit. Exactly. And he was killing so many innocent people and he let so much, like, bank regulations lapse. Oh, God, and yes. Things got far too loose. And it pissed me off constantly then. Yeah. Even though he was on the blue team. Yeah. It doesn't you can be on my team and not on my side. Oh, I like that. <laughs> I like that. That's like a good one. that's predominant among I think Democrat politicians is that they don't care about us. They care about us voting for them, so they say the things we want to hear. I feel like I'm hearing like a Rage Against the Machine riff behind this as you're talking. Come with it now! I'm totally hearing it, man. Wow, wow, waka, wow, wow. Waka, waka, waka. <laughs> you know that song, Smack My Bitch Up by Prodigy? Uh-huh. You know that part in the song where it's doing the wow, 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 wow? Mm-hmm. It's got that like Indian sounding chick singing yeah. on the top of it? That is a sample of that wah-wah guitar part. Really? Yeah, the wow, wow. Just slowed down? Wow, wow. Yep. Wow, that's, that's what that cool. is. Pretty cool, huh? Yeah. So long story short, fuck religion. <laughs> <laughs> the end. <laughs> Number three on your list, Steve. Number three on my list, and this one is uh, this one is a little bit later, but I still think I was a child. Yeah. Driving. Driving. I used to love driving. Nowadays, you don't like to drive. I fucking with hate it. I if like I have driving. to drive, I'm just like, like seriously, that's the primary impediment to me doing things most of the time. Was like, but I'd have to drive I'll have there. to drive there. This goes back to you having the party at your house all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I didn't want to go anywhere. And it also has to do with the, like I've been in car wrecks. I've you never have. been in like a major car wreck, but I've been in car wrecks and they're scary as shit mm-hmm. and I don't want to die in one. And if you don't ever get I'm, in a car, there's no risk. It's really like when I lived in LA, I would I would walk as much as possible or take the metro or the bus because I just don't want to drive. Yeah, I just like I know somebody is gonna cross over that median and slam into me head on or like yeah, it has to do with anxiety and shit too. But like honestly, you're more likely to die uh, in a car wreck than you are from so many types of diseases yeah that's true from uh you know somebody shooting up a a building you're in or whatever Mm, those things are things that scare us regularly 
But then we get in a fucking 2,000-pound piece of machinery... That's a good point. ...and drive it around with reckless abandon. You know, that that's a great point. And I hear people saying shit like, Oh, I don't go to concerts anymore. I don't go to movies anymore because fucking... There might be shot, a shooting, blah, blah, yeah. blah, And I live in America, and it happens all the fucking time. Yeah, it does. But, no, you're exactly right. It's like, well, you get in a car, don't you? Yeah. You're way more likely to die in Way that more likely to die in a car. Point. I like driving car. I like driving car. Yeah, I like driving car. I drive uh-huh. car a lot. You do? I do. I drive. I, I've driven my 1997 Toyota Corolla for 270,000 something miles. That's a good amount of miles. It's still kicking, huh? It's still kicking. Uh, the other day, while leaving a a wedding, uh-huh. uh huh. Kate in the passenger seat observed that her seatbelt buckle no longer works. That just broke. I didn't know that could break. 21 years and already a relic. I know. What a shame. Time moves. They don't make them like they used to. I'll tell you that. They don't. They make them differently, but the same. Because I have a 2005 Toyota Corolla that's kicking well into 160,000. There you so. go. Dude, that thing's just getting started. It's just getting started. Just we got getting we got forever up. to go. Well, you you might not like driving car, but I'll tell you something I don't really like doing anymore. Taking a shower every day. Yeah. Yep. I used to enjoy that a lot more. Maybe I was greasier back then, but I don't think that I, I was. was. I definitely was. Teenage years, way greasy. It's a greasy time. Yeah. But you know, at the same time, it's like I, I have always, I've always had that really irritating hair type of my scalp is dry, but the hair is greasy. How I have does the that same happen? problem. The combination scalp. The same exact yeah. problem. And looking back on it, it's like I only wash my hair probably every three days or so now. Mm-hmm. And everything's way less like oily and junk than it used yeah. to be. And I think it was like, you know, it's like a lot of times whenever you take too many showers and you're constantly soaping yourself up, your uh-huh. body like overproduces everything to try to make yeah. up for it because your body's like, I don't need to be dry. That's true. You do, actually, you don't need to wash your hair every day. And no. honestly, you don't need to use soap every day unless no. you have a, a condition that makes you stinky in particular. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, you know, there's, there's ways around that and stuff too. Yeah. And I even find, man, like... Dry shampoo is the fucking savior of saviors. Uh-huh. I love dry shampoo so much. Yeah. It's the best. Yeah, I wash my hair probably every every three days. Yeah. Because I just, like, I'm the same way. Like, dry scalp, I will, I'll start flaking. Oh, yeah, yeah. And mm, then, yep. like, but my, the second my hair touches my glasses, it's just like a huge oil smudge <laughs> across the glasses. Like, it's the worst. Worst combo. Well, a dry shampoo will help you yeah. tame that, that wilderness right mm-hmm. there, too. Yeah, I think I just grew up very, I think I grew up very clean. I remember, like, always taking baths every day. And uh-huh. then, here's some madness. My mom would only allow a towel to be used once, and then it would be washed. That's how we did growing up. We don't do that. Is that like a baby boomer thing? Yes. What the fuck? Why would you do that? It's Um, so wasteful. uh, That's just how they were trained. Because they grew up in in economic times where you could afford to just flippantly do that type of shit. I, (laughs) I remember every time as a kid, I'd get done taking my shower. And then I would dry off and get dressed. I'd hand my towel to my mom. She would sprinkle sugar all over it. And then wash it. I was like, this is the damnedest thing. She's like, sugar's great. We didn't have this uh-huh. pre-war days. Yeah. yeah. Never had it. 23 skidoo. Aluminum foil. My favorite. <laughs> exactly. Uh-huh. Preservatives. I love them. More. Put a, put a preservative in my aluminum foil. <laughs> well, Steve, I'd like to get on to a short list of things that we used to hate yeah. as kinder kids, but we now love. Okay. Because there's so many things in my life. Mm-hmm. That I, I I have I have just sworn off and said 
I shall never enjoy this being agnostic. <laughs> and then it's turned out I've I've quite liked them very much. Have you had some experiences like this in your life? Yeah, and um, almost all of them uh, deal with food. Okay, okay, yeah. interesting, interesting. Yeah. I've got a, I've got a food entry on mine as well. I uh, this is one, okay. So when I was I think in second grade, yeah. I checked out a chemistry book from the library at school. Okay, and it was one of those that has like recipes in it uh, and experiments you could do. And so I'm reading through it, and the first one is like a, it was like a mystery thing, and it said like you know you do this 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 and this, okay. and then at the end it was like taste it, um, and so I made this thing, and I'm looking at it in the in the blender as it's blending up, and I'm like, that looks like whipped cream. Okay, yeah. So I just took a big fucking spoonful of it, mayonnaise. Ugh. And I hated mayonnaise Ugh. for oh, no. years after that. Did you Wouldn't hate it before that? Shit. I I didn't know if I liked it or not. I was one of those kids things where it was like, I don't want that on so, my food. So I never even tasted it. So the science experiment was make mayonnaise. Well, it was an emulsion. Okay. Mayonnaise yeah, yeah, yeah. is emuls- an emulsion. So yeah. And I have since made it, and I absolutely love mayonnaise now. I okay. will slather that shit hardcore on a sandwich. Oh, you're a white guy. Yeah, yeah exactly. I'll just make a mayonnaise sandwich. Ugh. Ugh. I no. hate mayonnaise so much. Ugh. Yeah. Not a mayonnaise sandwich, but mayonnaise and turkey bacon. Boom, mm-hmm. you got a sandwich. Mm-hmm. Um, I love mayo now, but yeah, I I hated it as a kid. Yeah. And it wasn't be- it wasn't because that it tasted bad, it was because my expectation yeah, when yeah, I, yeah. was whipped cream. Like I thought it was going to be sweet delicious, instead it was like, you know, fatty, you know, whatever it tasted like at the time. <laughs> Umami bomb. At the time it was like, what the hell is in the world? <laughs> it's like no whipped cream. My mom thought it was hilarious. Oh yeah. <laughs> so is that just like mayonnaise? Is that the first entry here? That's my first entry. Is okay. Mayonnaise. See, I've always hated it. Still do. My yeah, I I know tons of people that do. It's it's so good though. I'll give a I'll give a Japanese mayo a pass on a sushi sandwich as long as it's not too much. Okay. I can deal with it then. I really came to love mayo in Russia. They put it on fucking everything over there, don't they? They do, and it's fucking... Their their mayo is really good. And That's, like, like real, though, Yeah, right? when, you, like, when you go to uh, a store, there's, like, so many different types and different, like, flavor varieties or these different types of oils. So oh, you can okay. get, like, an olive oil mayo or uh-huh. a sunflower oil mayo or okay. whatever. And, yeah, you put it on everything. That or sour cream. They use a lot of sour cream over there. They do and I use also, a lot of sour cream. I grew to love sour cream on everything. <laughs> Even at one point... They have these uh, kind of spice cookies. Mm-hmm. They're kind of like a kind of like a gingerbread, but okay. like they're not hard. They're they're a soft cookie. I I dipped that at one point into because their their sour cream is so creamy. Dipped it in there and it was amazing, one hundred percent. I could kind of see that as working. It was really good. Interesting. Interesting. What about you, Ben? What do you right. used to hate? Now you love. My first on my list is a vegetables. Vegetables. Exactly. I used to be the pickiest fucking eater in the world. Really? And I do. I do kind of think that like 
when you're a kid, I think especially some kids, it's like your taste buds must be working like triple over yes, time they or are. something. They are. You know? Yeah, you're they deaden over the years. I think so too. Mm-hmm. Because like there's so many things that I used to eat as a kid and just be I mean, not even able to swallow them. Just gag reflex really? repulsed, yeah. Including most all vegetables. The only vegetable I can say that I ate as a kid that that did that to me was Brussels sprouts, and they were just prepared bad. That's but the they thing. Were so yeah, bitter. You, you can fuck up a Brussels sprout yeah. really easily. But like as a kid, pretty much the only time that I would eat vegetables is whenever we would go to China House in Morristown. Uh huh. Still in my and memory. It was in the fry, the fried rice. Well, no, I would get myself a chicken and broccoli. Oh, okay. I would eat some broccoli and some carrots and stuff. So and broccoli was like your one you'd be okay with weirdly enough yeah wow okay although i don't really remember if i would eat it in any other circumstances or if it was just chinese because i don't i don't remember if we ever ate that much as a i kid. always liked broccoli i could live off steamed broccoli right now I oh broccoli is so amazing yeah but where the real turning point was is whenever i met uh whenever i met kate whenever we were working at walmart together uh-huh. and i went over to her place one day and she was like, "Oh, let's let's watch a movie, and we'll we'll make some food and whatever." So we were making some omelets, right? Uh huh. We were making an omelet. Little humans. And yeah, and uh-huh. I was thinking to myself, I think I would like to have just meat on my omelet because I am a basic boy who doesn't like things. Oh no! And uh, and this bitch, this bitch, <laughs> she just kind of takes charge and starts making this omelet for me. Uh huh. She's like, no, no, no. She's like, I'm just gonna assume that this little bowl cut of bitch wearing these jorts likes himself some bell peppers and some tomatoes and stuff. You should. And I'm watching that omelet being made, and I'm like, I hope it's not for me. Oh no, it's for me. Oh. And I seriously just like, I I ate it just so I wouldn't look like a bitch. And then. And then I grew to like it. Okay. That was that was Exposure seriously the start. helped. I got peer pressured into vegetables, Steve. I got peer pressured. <laughs> That's my favorite part about Kate. A lot of people. She's got. She's got no time. Yeah. To hear that you don't want these vegetables. Because you're going to eat them. It. Exactly. Uh-huh. That's what I made. So that's what you're having. Listen, there's a reason Germans almost took over the world twice. That's true. Yeah, they just assert their their will mm-hmm. upon others. But yeah, I used to not eat anything, man. Like nothing as a kid. I was the perfect primary chicken fingers, French fries, pepperoni pizza, pasta of any kind kid. Just yeah. the most basic shit in the world. You just not eat anything, dude. It kills me. Because I even think back like about like places that I went to or like opportunities for good meals that I had. Never uh-huh. ate them. Wow. But I'm making up for lost time now. I love a food. <laughs> well, my second one is also food related. Hit me. Yellow foods. This is very autistic of you to bring this up. I know. Yellow I, foods. Yellow foods. I wouldn't eat... Lemon. Uh no, uh, when I would eat the banana because the banana is not yellow on the inside, really. Okay, it's like white. Uh, but yeah, lemon, not interested. Would you uh, have like your mom peel it and be like, oh, oh just take the yellow off, <laughs> like that? <laughs> well, this didn't last for too long. It okay. lasted. I I wouldn't eat box like my, I wouldn't eat mac and cheese, okay. which is the thing every kid loves. Box mac and cheese. Yeah, I wouldn't eat it because it was yellow. And it was specifically the color. You were just like, that's yeah. not an eating color. Yep. You don't eat that color. Wow. Uh-huh. And then my, whenever Kraft came out with the white mac yeah. and cheese. You're like, oh, this is for me. 
I yeah, I ate it. At my aunt made it, and I ate it because I was like, "Oh, okay, that looks good." Wait, wait, wait. Are you one of them food racists I've heard about? <laughs> I don't want no yellow mac and cheese. Get that yellow you curry out of here. You know what they say about here. yellow mac and cheese? <laughs> what do they say? About I don't really know what no. they say about that. Um, yeah, I tried it, and that kind of helped to break me of it wow. eventually. Like after having enough white mac and cheese, some one point. There was yellow mac and cheese, and I was like, you know what? I'm eight years old. Time to grow the fuck up. Yeah. And I tasted it, and it tasted the exact same. Because <laughs> there's the only difference is a natto. They put a natto Yeah, yeah, yeah. There. Exactly. That's it. That's funny. Yeah. Yellow specifically. Uh, also, uh, eggs. I wouldn't eat eggs. Oh, man. And for the longest time, it, until very recently, wouldn't eat a runny yolk. Oh, I love me that dippy. Oh egg. yeah, me too. I gotta have that dippy. I dippy-y love egg. it now, but I, up until you know, probably around twenty eight, twenty nine. Seriously, it was, like, it was that late. Wouldn't do it. What about a scornbled org? I, I wanted them browned. Oh back no! In the day. Now I yeah, now I make very much undercooked yeah, scrambled yeah, eggs. Yeah. Uh, get an fluffy. egg sandwich. And get that thing just nice and uh, like just to the point where. It's solidified enough. It's just barely holding together. Barely holding together. So good. Kind of like trimmers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tell you, you I'm going to tell you my next and I don't want to go too totally music nerdy here for a second. Uh-huh. Old school guitars. Okay. Anybody that follows my YouTube channel and stuff know that for a very long time I've played a lot of like high high speed shred master, pointy, thin neck, okay. metal rock machines and stuff. And that's what I learned to play on. That's what I started with. I loved them forever. And uh, I still enjoy playing them very, very much. But like as a young man, I, I would never think about owning a, a Stratocaster or a Telecaster or a Les Paul or a P-Bass or a J-Bass. And it's like I've literally started playing all of those things within the past like two years. That's crazy. Yeah. And so th- like... What what association did you have with them that made you not want to play them? Well, here's the thing: is that they're just not as um, they're not as comfortable to play as some of the more you know modern pointy guitars you see hanging up and stuff in here. They're not okay. like the necks are fatter and they're not as easy to, to push down on and okay. stuff like that. But the thing about them is, is like this is a conversation me and Andy have had all the time. A lot of times when you're young. You try to find the pieces of gear that make you sound good. Where uh-huh. you pick it up and you're like, oh, this is so easy to play. I can play and I sound good on this. And then kind of after you, uh, if you, if you cross the bridge where you come to grips with the instrument, then you start trying to find the pieces of gear that you make sound good. Right. Where, you know, you pick up like a Telecaster or something like that and it's like, it doesn't do you any favors. A P bass is the most revealing fucking bass to play in the world. But... When you play it and you're, you're just good, out there, tits out. Yeah, just tits out, tits up everything. Uh-huh. But whenever you play it, and if you're a good player, it sounds like every fantastic record that you've ever loved. Okay. Same with the Les Ball, same with everything, where you're just like, damn it. People play these things because they sound fucking good, and you have to be good to make them sound good. Okay. That's the thing that I think I didn't understand as a kid, is because I'd play like a Les Ball or something and be like, boy, I don't sound good on this. Guess what? It wasn't the guitar's fault. You know, because like a fucking grown ass man could pick that guitar up and make this it guitar sound great. cheats. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, it's like over time you kind of come to realize it's like I just want the things that fucking sound 
great. It's like my hands, my hands can command the thing and tame it to where I want it to. So now I just want the damn thing to sound good. Uh huh. So old man guitars, love them. Man, let me tell you something. Tell me something. Here's something that is real hard for me to describe exactly, but I think you'll get it. Tell me. What I used to hate and now I love, selling out. <laughs> All right, here's my thing. You sold out. As you a, sold out. As, a, as a, a young man growing up, especially when I had a... I first discovered writing in third grade. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, you know, when you're writing at third grade. It's, oh, it's, it's your bad. best work. It's your best work, obviously. It's bad <laughs> shit, but whatever. But like, you know, uh, because I started writing then, like I, I started reading more and trying to, you know, write better. Mm-hmm. And eventually got to that point that I think was real common in the 90s yeah the feeling that uh everything's so unoriginal i want to make something original everybody sells out yeah yeah that's bullshit yeah that's the dumbest attitude to have i've had the same attitude about music and stuff too i would never play in a cover band and play other people's music yeah yeah you would yeah it's so fun exactly and you make so much money Exactly. Okay, so that's why I, that's why I defined it as selling out because what it really was and what it really is, if you're out there and you still have that feeling, it's a fear of success. Yeah, absolutely. It's a so. fear of yeah. succeeding and making money off of the thing you love doing. The struggle seems so authentic. Yeah, and it's not. It's bullshit. It's not really. It's not. You need. And this is why, like, when you know uh, people are uh, shitting on SoundCloud rappers, I'm like, yeah, but they're doing something. It's true. They're doing something and they're trying and maybe they're not trying hard, mm-hmm. but a lot of rappers don't try hard and succeed. Yeah, that's true. The best rappers try hard, but there are a lot of people out there that make a lot of money off of not really being that good. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I've, I've learned now to actually love when people uh, take that path that has been just like beaten completely down mm-hmm. and they use their talent and creative ability to actually make it interesting. There's ways to do it. Yeah. There's ways to do it for sure. I so mean, sell it out. Woo. You sold out. <laughs> Only with a positive connotation. Yeah. You sold out. You sold, you out. sold out. Good. You Good finally stopped you. being up your own ass and realized that every story has already been told. It's just in the telling that matters. Good deal. Yeah. I like it. Well, you know, Steve, I got one more on my list Let's of things it. that I used to hate that I now enjoy very much. And again, anybody that knows me from uh, YouTube or this podcast or anything like this might find it surprising. I used to loathe, loathe any sort of, I'm just going to define this as technological advancement of communication, meaning cell phones, text messaging, uh, okay. social yeah. media of any kind. I was a fellow Luddite for a while. Yeah, yeah, dude. Dead and Luddite. That's what that you were trying us. to say earlier. Dead and, Luddite. Dead, and Luddite. Dead and Luddite wouldn't be a podcast, though. <laughs> it would be, be a, a candlelit conversation between two people. Uh-huh, recorded on a us. wax cylinder. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's like I, I, uh, I was always hyper-resistant to get a cell phone. Like It was mm. like a running joke forever that it's like, oh, if you want to call Ben... You've got to call these, you know, five different places that he you might, might be at any him. given time. Yeah. yeah, and then after I finally got a cell phone, it was like, okay, 
you know, you have to call Ben, not text, and Ben doesn't text message. <laughs> like, I, I used to just think texting was the dumbest thing Texting in the was world. actually the thing that made me appreciate cell phones. Yeah, I used I to Because I got one it. because I had to. Yeah. And then I realized how little I like talking on the phone pretty Dude, quickly. And, and the fact that with text messaging, it's just like, I'll respond to you when it's convenient to me. Yeah. Is wonderful. And text messages can fill up the gaps in between... You know, it's like, if I'm in between students, I don't have time to fucking call somebody. No. But I can text you and say, yeah, I'll see you at 7. It's the best. It's It's, the greatest. It's it's so perfect. And then even with social media, it was like, long-running joke. You know, you have to text message Ben, he doesn't have a MySpace. You have to MySpace (laughs) Ben, he doesn't have a Facebook. (laughs) Like, I've always been hyper-resistant to whatever social media or communications choice is about to come up and become popular. Maybe deep down because I know it will consume my life as all social media has. Yeah. But I love it now, so I wouldn't change it. Yeah, I really do. I mean, I don't like... I don't like Facebook much. Um, it's a cesspool. It, it really it's the is. Worst. And I honestly don't like Twitter much. Yeah. Because it... Uh, I mean, you know, you choose who you follow and whatnot. And it really just... Uh, the people I want to follow are the people who are generally keeping me up to date on politics i don't really want to be up to date on nope i don't want to hear it <laughs> I, understand I that. know shit is bad it's real fucking bad yeah i get it yeah i don't want because i chose not to read that today right but now it's in my face instagram i love yeah me too Instagram's instagram so is great. the best dude mm-hmm. it's the best there's so much less like whiny bullshit emo posts yeah weird conspiracy theory fucking semi-racist bullshit that gets posted around uh-huh i like it very much i um and i i don't th- a reddit obviously isn't social media yeah yeah but it is in a lot but of ways is, yeah. yeah i mean it, it is just the it's the People for talk. it's the forum uh system from the 90s mm-hmm. it's it's just like pumped up to the the top degree yeah where you can you can go on and in real time talk about a situation that's happening instead of waiting for you know sometimes days for somebody to respond on a forum and that was the that was one of the things that really got me into i think social media in general is like early uh gaming and guitar forums like gym site is a really uh-huh. popular guitar forum or the harmony central amp forums okay. I used to post on those and it was just like wow there's other people that want to talk about stuff that i like or there's this one gaming website that I was really into called the GIA. It was the Gamer Inform- Gamers Informant Agency or something like that. Okay. And it was awesome. It was all centered around mostly RPGs and just, you know, bullshit that I was into at the time. And that's when I really kind of started getting getting woke to the social media thing. But it's it's weird to think now that like you know, just 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 where I'm at and to have the wonderful fan base that I do and stuff and to think that like I once was so resistant to all of it is yeah. funny to me, you know? I remember making fun of camera phones. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, Same. What? Like, because first off, cam- early camera phones they looked were horrible. like shit. They were it's garbage. Like, well, why do you even need a camera on your phone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now it's like I use my camera on my phone every single day. <laughs> like, it's phenomenal. <laughs> it's incredible how quickly over the past decade all this stuff has gotten completely integrated mm-hmm. into our lives so seamlessly. I like to raise a toast. Yeah. To these things that we used to like and don't didn't like and now did like and now didn't and so on. 
What toast would that be? I don't know. We got two choices here. What are you feeling? We got something well, a little bit on the tart side. Well, these fit into what you just said. Because I, until just last week, I had not had a sour that I like. We had one on the air while we were and, doing, um, what episode was that? Um, Opera? No, uh, Texas, Texas Chainsaw. Chainsaw Massacre. And it was it was tasty. And I also yeah. am not a sourisman. Let's dive, I, let's dive into this. So... Part. I picked this up. It is a Brooklyn Bel Air Sour, and I'll tell you honestly and truly, I mean, I've had good Brooklyn brews, but I picked it up because of the way the bottle looks. It is a pleasing It's a cool design. Yeah. Um, And I'm with you. I don't usually typically like a sour, but we're going to find out about this guy. Brooklyn does make a pretty pretty decent ale. They do. Yeah, they do. Pretty good stuff. Let's find out about this old sumbitch here. Yeah, that one that we had the other day, that boysenberry rig. I enjoyed was, that. That was pretty enjoyable. Yeah. But a lot of sours to me just have that. They oh, taste sour. oh, I just threw up in my mouth taste. Exactly. They have and too I much like of that. that bile to them. As we know, I hate vomiting worse than like ISIS. Um, <laughs> you hate vomiting worse than you hate ISIS, or you hate vomiting worse than ISIS hates vomiting? Yes. Oh, both. Yeah. Okay. If it was, if I was given the choice of like eliminate one of the following instantly with a snap of your fingers, it's like ISIS or you'll never throw up again. I'd be like, oh, I'll never throw up again. That's a better choice because, I mean, eliminating ISIS. Remember the Taliban? Yeah. Hey, Mr. Taliban. They're ISIS tally now. Me you eliminate ISIS and then you get what? Hydra? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Cobra. I think Cobra. is next. Man, let's find out about this thing. You be you be the forerunner. You you go you go nose right. deep into this thing and find out about it. See if it's safe for me to pass through. What do you think? Hmm. Huh? He says. Hmm. I'm going in. Go in. Yeah. Go in. What are your thoughts? Immediately. It's it's got a fruity sourness. I don't loathe this. Yeah, but I don't love it, I don't think. It has a... It does have an acidic... Yeah, it's very acidic. Which, I mean, coming from what we were just drinking, which was just so fucking yeah. smooth and delicious, it's a very different kind of experience, which, I think which the, I'm glad for. The part I don't like is after you swallow, if you breathe out through your nose, it does kind of have a vomit. Yeah, you get that bile it. thing going on just a little bit. I don't I don't hate this though. This has no. a little bit more sweetness to it than a lot of the sours and stuff yeah. do. I don't know. I'll let you know when I'm at the bottom of the glass. Maybe, yeah. maybe the bottom part tastes better. It probably does. But, Once you get all that spit in there. Yeah, exactly. But I will say this is doable. Yeah, it's a, drinkable. A I lot wouldn't of sours, want a six pack. Pro- no, no. But it's like a lot of these sours, I would be pouring my glass into your glass right now. <laughs> Just like, I am done. <laughs> yeah, but I'm not doing that with this. And this is like, okay, I'll, I'll get into this. My friend's been telling me, you'll get into the sours. You'll get into them. Is that what they say? They do. They say that. And, and I'm like, pu- oh, they no. Push you. Uh-huh. You'll get into them. They're, you'll try this bell pepper now. You'll eat it. Huh? Huh? Raw say, tomatoes. Ooh. Not a fan. So I haven't come around to that very much. Yeah, I. Uh, if you get the right tomato, I can have a very small amount of it on a sandwich. I'll have a tomato slice on a burger. Okay. A. A. Two two as long slices. As it's not it's green. There. No, that's frying. <laughs> Them's for frying. Fried and some all. Well, Ben, what are we talking about this week? What, what the hell? We're talking about beer. We're talking about Russia. Yeah. Uh, Jesus. Like, Jorts. Most podcasts. 
would be ending right now. <laughs> We're just getting warmed up, man. We're just starting. Yeah, dude. This is dead We're lovely. starting to talk about Tremors. Tremors. Now, Steve, I assume that this is not the first time you watched this movie. No, I saw it uh, as a young man, and okay. I've seen it a few times since then. So this is a movie that you did kind of grow up with. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I like... Um, I think I saw it probably at 13 or 14, okay. uh, and then it used to come on, I think it used to come on the Sci-Fi Channel pretty regularly, so like okay. I'd see it every once in a while just on cable. Yeah. So yeah, I, I grew up seeing it, and grew up enjoying it. I watched this for the first time just a couple months ago. Yeah. Uh, I think on one of our, our previous episodes, I talked about it, rate and review our show on iTunes. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I think that I talked about it where I was like, yeah, I watched it, it was fine. And okay. I watched it again the other night for our show, and I was like, yeah, it's fine. Oh. I can't say I can't say that I love this movie, Steve. So you're saying it's fine, but not foin. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, it's not fine. You're fine. fine. No, it's just like it's fine. All right. Well, let's, we'll I'll figure out what it is that you, you're really... Pro- having problems with. I want you to sell me on this movie. Okay. Like, I want to believe because okay. this movie makes so many people happy. This is one of my wife's favorite movies. She, she watched this like all the time growing up. Uh-huh. Well, She's this watched this is, movie a million times. This is a good horror movie for, for kids and teens. Okay, let, let's start right there. What genre is this movie, Steve? <laughs> is it's it a, a, cra- it's a... It's a monster movie. Okay, it's a monster movie. That really doesn't get into horror quite as much as grossness that's that's kind of where i'm at is it's just like is it a straight horror movie no, no. is it a comedy no. no is it an action movie Kinda maybe the closest it's kind of yeah. like an action movie where the villain is is worms yeah it's kind of like that <laughs> like that's probably the, the graboids closest. yeah the graboids they're known as and it's kind of odd because it's like you know while i was watching it i was kind of watching it going okay you know this is the era before they kind of perfected the horror comedy, but at the same time, the Burbs. Yeah, no, yeah, I was gonna say there. The Burbs was two years before this. Yeah, and that's funny. And it's the shit, and yeah. it is a horror comedy. And it is a horror comedy. Uh, yeah, this isn't a horror comedy in in that same sense. I don't think. I think there are just some attempts at humor throughout, but yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't get. Funny. That ever. beer is tart. It is very tart. It's kind of hit me in the back of the molars. <laughs> Pun- punching you in the uvula? It's giving me a Hawaiian punch in the molars. Oh, shit. Ow, my molars. Ah, I'm very white. But yeah, I know what you mean, though. It's like this is kind of on the line of it's not really just a straight comedy. It's also, it's not really that scary. No, it's not scary. It, it, at any point where one might jump from fear it Aye. would just be a jump scare that you know like this movie is land jaws and in fact it's that's jaws what, on land yeah that is what they were going for and it's it's a smart move too because by essentially making it a jaws on land movie uh-huh. they avoided all of the you know movie making pitfalls of jaws to learn more about that listen to our jaws back episode yeah exactly great view nineteen from last week or last month yeah um, uh, so they avoided, you know, the the costly let's show the monster all the time mm-hmm. thing because it's underground most of the movie. 
And they also avoided the let's shoot the whole thing on water. Yeah, which that's is easy. a bad call. <laughs> yeah, so they kind of avoided all of that stuff. But here's the thing. By doing it that way, by making it Jaws in the desert, where the creatures are underground 95% of the movie, Yeah, a lot of the movie is people running from nothing. Yeah, that is true. And when you say it that way, it makes you realize it's not cool. But I think that is good. I think that that uh, that I think that that can be used really well. And okay. I think is in this movie because what you know when you've seen the effects of this movie is not that they were trying to hide bad effects. Because it's this not like movie they had a shark that broke down. Yeah, like Jaws. This yeah. movie has a great and completely practical effects. Yeah, the the special effects, the monster effects and stuff mm. are are really fantastic. Yeah, and so that uh basically the camera chasing people is to cover up for the fact that they didn't have enough of a budget to do that with the the graboids. Yeah, yeah. Um and in that case, I'm very I'm very uh okay with it cuz it's like they're they're plucky. They're using yeah. their their eleven million dollar budget, which is a lot. Wow, that's a lot of money. It's a lot of money, but when you're dealing with, uh, you know, the people involved in this, they they had every reason to think this is going to be probably successful. Kevin Bacon's in it. Uh huh. Old Kevin yeah. Bacon. Uh, what's his name? Ron. Uh, the shit. The guy, other guy. The other guy. He, he's Joe Dirt's dad. Yeah, exactly. There Joe Dirt's go. dad. Yeah, he's Lex been from in Jurassic Park is in this. Stuff. Yeah, Lex from uh, Jurassic Park. Uh, Reba. Reba McIntyre in her first acting role. Hopefully not her last. <laughs> it isn't, for sure. <laughs> she had a television show that ran for 120 episodes. She likes Fritos. She does. She loves her some Fritos. Um, it also is Victor Wong from Big Trouble in Little China, mm-hmm. etc. Um, this is also produced by Gail Ann Hurd, co-writer of Terminator. What? Listen, Gail the Ann original Hurd, Terminator? Mm-hmm. Oh, Gail shit. Ann Hurd is somebody everyone should know about. Gail Ann Hurd is like probably the the most inspirational story of a woman making it in the the depths of Hollywood. Like, damn, she's not just a writer and and she, she hasn't directed anything. She is in the back offices. She's the one making decisions. Is she a steel town girl on a Saturday night? I believe she is. If if my notes are correct. Um, (laughs) She began her career as Roger Corman's assistant. Now we've talked Corman. He's a pro woman. Uh, Well, he is. That's kind of is though. Actually, Roger Corman's work he has tons of exploitation films full of women just pulling out their boobs for no reason. He likes to dump out a boob on you. But the reason he did that for the longest time was so that he could use money to then import movies like Kurosawa's films. Really? Uh, yeah. So he could import, afford to import, buy the distribution rights here in America so that we could see all these great films. I thought so he was just a feller what liked a bobe. Well, I mean, he probably does. Who I, who doesn't? I think most heterosexuals and uh, homosexual females and, you know, non-gender, binary, and people of all sorts of <laughs> shapes and sizes like boobs. Like a boob. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, he, he, he does have a ton of exploitation films with a lot of boobs in them. But he, he uh, helped the career or made the career of Amy Holden Jones possible, who was the director of Slumber Party Massacre. Go back and check out that. Rate, Rate review on iTunes. iTunes. 
Um, <laughs> he also hired uh, Gail Ann Hurd as his uh, assistant, and then she worked her way up to now being, uh, you know, she was a producer on Aliens, uh, producer on T2. Uh-huh. She is one of the executive producers of The Walking Dead and Fear the Walking Dead. Wow. So she's she, also rolling in money. Yes. Like Scrooge McDuck. Like yes, a pile exactly. of money. Exactly. She she no is pants a on. successful pantsless woman in Hollywood. <laughs> it used to be the sign of power for a woman to wear the pants. Yeah. Now it's no pants. Like she never had to run into I mean she may have I haven't uh, checked on this. Yeah. She may have had some Harvey Weinstein type of moments along the way, but she is at the point where she could be the Harvey Weinstein. Like, Mm. she makes and breaks career. I do the raping around here, mister. (laughs) 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 Like, she's she's a full-on Hollywood badass, and this is, you know, one of her earliest uh, works where she, she really was the main person putting these things together. Swinging that thing around. Yeah. That this thing fucking awesome. that puss. <laughs> exactly. Swinging She's swinging that puss around. Swinging, just flapping labia. Damn. Just swinging. Just letting it hang. Um, this also, you know, had it was uh, directed by the guy who also directed City Slickers. City Slickers, a classic. Mighty Joe Young. Uh, a beloved by some. <laughs> um... But the thing that's most important, I think, that he directed, and the first thing he ever directed for big time, was the Mouse and the Motorcycle ABC Weekend Special. <laughs> the Mouse and the Motorcycle. Yeah, I loved that the as a kid. The same guy that did that did Tremors. Yeah. That's silly. And the, I didn't know that. The effects on this are made by Amalgamated Dynamics. I Obviously, you know Amalgamated them. Amalgamated Dynamics. <laughs> know them by name. But it's Tom Woodruff Jr. and Alec Gillis who were trained by Stan Winston. Okay. They worked on Alien. They worked on other stuff with, with Stan Winston. They are to Stan Winston what Greg Nicotero is to Tom Savini. Exactly. Exactly. Like and here are just some of the movies that they dealt did in the 90s, 80s and 90s. Okay. Point Break. I love Point Break. Uh-huh. Death Becomes Her. I love Death Becomes... Actually, I've only seen it like once. It's been a long time. Mars Attacks. Okay. I love the way the aliens talk. Uh Uh-huh. Starship Troopers. Love Starship Troopers. We need to do that on the show sometime. Okay. It is a a silly movie. Okay. A lot of bobe in that one. Now, if you look at what they did through the 2000s, 2010s, it's just a ridiculous laundry list. Like I I just wanted to point at ones around this movie. Okay. Because these dudes, they basically went from... uh, Working with Stan Winston, they did Teen Witch. Teen Witch, okay. And then they did this. And this has some amazing practical effects. Okay, it does. It really, really does. And that's the kind of the first thing in my, my summary notes that I have, is that the special effects are really dope. I love especially the shots of the worms like tunneling through the dirt. Mm-hmm. Those shots to me are really super yeah. sick. And... I like that all of like the gore shots of like anytime any of the worms gets like exploded or whatever, uh-huh. it's just kind of like a big like tomato soup explosion yeah, or something. Slimy. Looks like at one point when the one like gets exploded by a pipe bomb, looks like just a bunch of uni, like just a bunch yeah of yeah yeah right gets thrown up on everybody. Totally totally yeah yeah. The special effects are really really sick. I could have used some more of them. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like it's kind of like that thing in Alien where, when you're not sure of what the creature really looks like, it's always interesting every time you see it. 
Uh-huh. Whereas if they just show you the whole thing, like they do in Prometheus, it's uh-huh. no longer interesting anymore. It's like, okay, I've seen the entire creature. I know what I'm dealing with. And Even- since our practical effects guys worked on Alien... And Galen yeah. Heard worked on Aliens. Like, they, they had that really? in mind. Yeah. Oh, I didn't they know that. They had that in mind. Like, we can't show it too much, but when we do show it, it has to look fucking awesome. And we got to let Kevin Bacon find the ass end of it. <laughs> I found the ass end. Like, there's so many things. We'll talk about the characters in a little while, but there's so many little things that Kevin Bacon says that are like... Uh, they're like unintentionally funny where it's like his character doesn't know he's saying something really stupid. Yeah. That's kind of his, yeah, that's kind of his character is that his character is a little dumb. Yeah. Yeah. Highly endearing, highly endearing and hard to play a character that you know what he's saying is dumb and he doesn't know it. He does a good job with it. He does. Yeah. Special effects are really good. I'll give you that. Uh huh. I will give that to you. Thank you. (laughs) I'll take it. (laughs) What about the soundtrack? Terrible. Soundtrack is not good. It's for a it's for a kids movie. It kind of reminded me of a lot of the soundtrack in Pumpkinhead. Oh shit! Like a lot of it reminds me of Pumpkinhead. God, I didn't really pay attention to who did the music. I didn't but either. Now that you're saying I that, wanna know I want to bet the it's guy. the same guy. Yeah, because it's like oh harmonica. You can you can fucking hear a little a tumbleweed rolling by in the foreground <laughs> and. A lot of it did just kind of remind me of that. A lot of really corny, yeah, harmonica and stuff like that. Yeah, Old it's West so much like Pumpkinhead. Yeah, dude. That's the first thought that wow. I had. Yeah. So I do wonder about that. Soundtrack, not exactly my favorite thing <laughs> No. in the movie, I would say. What do you know about the, the franchise as a whole? Have you seen any of the sequels? I've heard that they are unwatchable. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've seen part two, and uh, I'd say part two is just more of the same in a lot of ways. Kevin Bacon's not there, but okay. uh, Joe Dirt's dad comes back, and um, things get a little silly, because apparently, and <laughs> this is real interesting, the life cycle... Of a graboid. Okay, I've heard about this. Is they Mini start, phased. They start as an egg, mm-hmm. and they turn into something called a dirt dragon. Okay. Which yep. is in part four, I think. And then they turn into the graboids that we know and love, the worm-like okay, ones. Okay, yeah, yeah. But apparently those are a larval stage for several what look kind of like dinosaur things called stalkers. Okay. And then they eventually evolve into their final stage, which is called an ass blaster. Ass blaster? Because it expels gas from its ass to fly into the air. That that sounds, sounds very silly. It is very silly. Because you kind of had they me... They get sillier and sillier. You kind of had me going for a little while where I'm like, that's pretty cool that you have a monster that you can make sequels out of because in every sequel it's in a different phase of its development. Sure. It's kind of like if the first Alien movie was Facehugger and the second Alien movie was Xenomorph. Yeah, that would be interesting. That's kind of dope. Yeah, but, but You kind of lost me at Ass Blaster. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I haven't uh, seen those movies, but I know that they... Uh, the main thing that connects all the movies is Burt Gummer, aka the dad from Family Ties. Burt. Burt Gummer. Our anti government gun lover. <laughs> Doomsday that, prepper. That guy that we all know because yeah. we grew up in East Tennessee. Yeah, we all know that exact guy. He's on what's married to Reba. He's married to Reba 
and they are the comic relief of the movie for me. Definitely voted Though, for Trump. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly the type of people they are. They voted... If they would have voted, I don't think they would though. But if they would have, they would have voted for Trump. I we need they, an outsider. Hey, they would have said. I heard they've got a first edition of the Anarchist Cookbook. I. That's exactly what I thought about them the whole time. Like, because yeah. when they're making those pipe bombs and stuff, I'm like, yeah, it's their Anarchist Cookbook. It's been a while since I saw somebody in a movie make a pipe bomb. You know, I think after uh, Columbine kind of became less popular. They're not really as cool anymore. Yeah. Also, I guess Bert's kind of a suicide bomber. <laughs> he does have that element he to him. He makes a bid to suicide bomb yeah, at one point. Yeah, he's like, yeah, that's how I would go out if I had to. It's an interesting interesting shade to put on a character, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm i not going to claim this is the most well-written movie. No. Um, Or the best acted movie. No. Because at times, even Kevin Bacon isn't great. Let's talk about the characters in this flick. So this this ta- this mm-hmm. uh, flick takes place in the city of perfection. Uh-huh. Population 14. 14. And we get to know pretty much all of them. Yeah, I think we see everybody that's supposedly a part of the population. And I do like that about it. And it kind of gave me that vibe... Uh, again, to bring it to another horror comedy, kind of gave me that vibe of the Burbs, where it's kind of like you uh-huh. feel like you know everybody in the neighborhood. Yes, pretty good. And I yeah. think that they were definitely very influenced by that. I, I read something somewhere that said that the character of Melvin uh-huh. was their bid to try to have like a teenage Corey Feldman like character. Oh, like and the they Burbs. got that kid who was in a ton of stuff in the eighties and nineties. Yeah. yeah, who I thought was Wayne from the Wonder Years, but he, he looks wasn't. like him. He but he was in an episode of the Wonder no Years. No shit, he was. What? Yeah, I lo- I looked him up and I was looking through his IMDb and I was like, first off, this kid was in everything in the eighties yeah, yeah. and nineties, but also I thought he was Wayne. Uh, but he was in an episode. Talk about years. a show that just really made me depressed. <laughs> just bummed me out. That show yeah. just overall just fucking bummed me out. Yeah, I think it was supposed to be a bit bummy. Even the pretty girl next door had those sad puppy dog eyes. Oh, just give you something so to be sad though. about, I guess. Ain't she super smart? The, yeah, she well, is. Danica McKell. Yeah, yeah, she's yeah. very cool. But yeah, that, song, uh, that show just fucking bummed me out, man. Yeah. And that song in the intro. Joe Cocker. Oh, man. Gets me all sad. So Melvin, he uh, he dribbles a b-ball around the town. He's b-balling. He clearly doesn't have a b-ball team, as he is the only teenager in town, I guess. (laughs) Also, he doesn't have a b-ball person to play with. Also, he doesn't have a b-ball parent. No, he doesn't seem to. What's his situation? Does he live in that house all on his own that the the dudes come and like pump the septic tank and stuff? Like whose house is that? I I guess he he has to. Does he? Is he yeah. the town orphan? <laughs> the town adopted an orphan. I don't understand. They're like we need another child to live here other than uh, than Lex from from Jurassic Park. And her pogo stick. And her pogo stick that she loves, apparently. She loves herself, that pogo. She's She's got a new record going with it. She did. What she doesn't know is her constant pogo and is just pissing off those graboids down there. You think she started this? Oh, it was either that or Kevin Bacon and all his goddamn dancing he was doing up there. Oh, man. That's why that... Going footloose. Oh, my God. Uh-huh. I already had a theory about what happens after this movie, but now theory... Of- prequel to this movie 
Kevin Bacon used to live in a different town where yep. they banned dancing. They and banned it because it was them damn graboids. Yeah, exactly. And then he moved to perfection, and the graboids followed him. That's what. That's how self-centered he, he was. His way to perfection. He knew about those graboids, and he's like, "But I just got to dance." And they're like, "Don't anger the worms." <laughs> but I must dance, he said. <laughs> I have to. I must dance. Mm-hmm. What an Fun asshole. News. What do you think about his character in this old Val? Um, well, he—that's the thing—is that I think he's supposed to be dumb. He's supposed to be like young and and dumb, etc. Is he supposed to be handsome? I'm confused about that. Is Kevin Bacon supposed to be handsome? I don't know. This is one of those like weird mass hypnosis things because, from what I understand. Ladies in the 80s, that's fun to say. Ladies in the 80s. Used to think that he was fly. They and I did. look at him now and I'm like, he, he, it looks like some kind of like a, a ferret or a weasel, even yeah. when he was like young. Yeah. He looks like his skin is very tightly pulled over. Right. Yeah. His... Like his skin is like two sizes too small. Oh. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I don't really understand that. Is he supposed to be a heartthrob or what? Um,. I think he's probably not on a lot of people's top ten lists anymore, but he's not hideous. Maybe I think maybe it had to do with roles he took. Like he seemed to play an asshole a lot of times. Yeah, but he danced, and dancing, uh, especially for women in the eighties, was like they did oh, like that. Wow, yeah. Yeah, he was willing to show his silly side. I bet he won't make me stay at home constantly. <laughs> they said to themselves. They said to themselves. <laughs> what a life. Yeah. <laughs> Terrible. Sorry, ladies. I enjoy I enjoy his character. I like that he is like you said, kind of kind of stupid. Yeah. But I think that he kind of knows that he's kind of stupid. Yeah, that's always a good thing when a character is dumb but they know they're dumb, so it's like they yeah. like you don't you don't like the character who is dumb but thinks they're smart. No, exactly. He's, that's the asshole. The character that is dumb but knows they're dumb is like, oh, we're all in on the joke. Right. And I like that he pairs himself up with with Earl, and I uh-huh. love their character interactions. They and stuff. have a good dynamic. They're a fun fun team. Those two on on screen are really 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 great to watch. And apparently Earl was like almost I think he was like almost fifty when yeah, they filmed this. Yeah, he had been around for. Ever like he he's was great. He's a veteran of of the the stage and screen. Wow, look at him. Uh huh. And I like their interactions and stuff on screen a lot. I will say that I think they have very good chemistry and their characters were written yeah. really well together. Because he's kind of got his shit like a little bit more put together. He's less, you know, kind of a fly by the seat of his pants than Kevin yeah. Bacon is. Yeah, he thinks things out, but they both want to escape. Yeah, perfection. They want to. They want to move to the big time. They want to move to Bixby. Bixby. Which I'm assuming, like from where they're moving, it's like moving from say, uh, Bainberry, ooh, to Newmarket or White Pine. White Pine. Yeah. I imagine in a town of 14 people, I bet it does not take long for the sex to get really weird. Oh, immediately. I mean, really weird. Real weird. 14 people. They probably were just swapping. I just imagine all of them just Just in a big pile. (laughs) Just pile up. See what happens. It's every Tuesday. Am I in you? Pile up night. Get in me. Yeah, get out of me. 
I don't like that. All right, then, moving on. Uh-huh. I imagine it has to get weird so fast. Maybe the Graboids actually represent their sexual repression coming out. Because there are only 14 of them. Nobody's getting to fuck. I like it. And it just starts, like, pent-up frustration just starts grumbling up out of the ground and reaching out and grabbing and consuming. There are a lot of, like, holes in the movie. Uh Uh-huh. And the the worms are shaped like big dicks. I mean, it starts off with him with, pissing off a cliff with his dick out. It's true. You might be honest. By the something. way, that wasn't even a real cliff. I, I thought you were going to say it wasn't even a real dick. No, that was wild things. Oh, gotcha. I think that may have been his real dick, though. He's packed. I hear yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. Maybe that's what everybody knew the whole time. Yeah. They were like, oh, he's got a big dick and that appeals to me. Bacon's packing sausage. <laughs> they say... That's what they say. That's what they say. That's the variety headline. Yeah. Bacon's packing sausage. (laughs) (laughs) But I do like those two characters very much. I think they make a great on-screen duo. I wouldn't mind seeing more of them together in sequels, but apparently you're saying that didn't happen. Yeah. Well, because Kevin Bacon's career took off, obviously. Tell me what you think about Rhonda. Rhonda. Okay. So she's one of those genuine situations that you don't see enough in movies where she's supposed to be uh, a a little bit nerdy and plain, and she actually looks a little bit nerdy and plain. Okay, that's that's something that I was going to ask you about is like the scene that we have leading up to when they meet her is where... Kevin Bacon is talking about he's got to meet a chick that has like world class yeah. breasts and legs that go down to the floor he wants and blah blah some blah. Some sort of Playboy model. Yeah, and they come across her, and it's just like instantly, it's like, oh man, there's this new researcher in town, but she's a nerd because she's doing smart stuff and has sunscreen on her nose. Yeah, it's like, is that really all? Because it, she didn't really do anything terribly nerdy when she met him or anything. I thought that. Throughout the movie, there was much more of a relationship between Earl and Rhonda than there was between Val and Rhonda. That makes more sense to me because I would imagine... I mean, obviously, Rhonda's very intelligent and stuff. I couldn't imagine her being with somebody as... Just kind of dumb as Val. Yeah. Yeah. I think that Earl seems like a much better choice. Earl seemed to immediately appreciate her. Yeah, exactly. Like, immediately just be like, oh, she's cute and like she's smart. And she is. She is. Let's... Crack open this other beer here. Oh, and this one's going to be fun, Ben, because I'm interested to find out about this. So this is the New Belgium Voodoo Ranger Imperial IPA. Uh Have you ever had... Okay, New Belgium in general. What do you Uh think? Uh, Exactly. It's beer, I guess. They have a few that I think are okay. Like the, the Citradelic is okay. Yeah, if I show up at a party and somebody's like, oh, we wanted to get something better than Budweiser and we got new Have Belgium. a fat tire. Okay, cool. It's like, okay, it's, like it's kind of like having a Budweiser, but I feel slightly more full afterwards. Yeah. So thanks. <laughs> so the Voodoo Ranger regular one, I really fucking hate. Okay. It, it, it's almost like they were making an IPA and then some dumbass like spilled a bunch of... Um, you know, like Belgian spices in it. Oops. And it's just too much of everything. But this is the Imperial, which is 9%. Oh. AB, ABV. It says a rare blend of choice hops creates an explosion of fresh cut pine and citrus flavors for a complex, rich, and delicious finish. I'm willing to bet it's going to taste like pine salt. Well, I'll be the goddamn fucking judge of that. Me Steve. too. Steve. Let's crack this thing open and, and find out. New Belgium, of course, just right over the hills and... 
Asheville, North mm-hmm. Carolina. You've been out to their uh, brewery? No, I haven't. It's pretty cool. It's uh, pretty the neat. Only, um, the only larger brewery I've been to is the uh, Golden Road Brewery in L.A. Okay. Mostly just been to smaller breweries. We need to take a day trip out to um yes to Asheville. I'm with you already. Let's go. We're there. Yeah. Sick. Yeah, oh, are we having Asheville's fun? Asheville's so beautiful. Are we holding hands? Yeah. Or, of course, uh, we are. course we're holding hands. Well, I don't mean we right went now. on a trip together. Yeah, of course we are. Yeah. We need to go out to fucking Burial. Yeah. Burial is the best brewery in the southeast. Let's Holy go there. Fuck. I want to go to there. All right. All right. You want me to be the brave explorer here? Yeah. In the uncharted waters? Because, again, typically I hate the regular one. This doesn't smell fantastic. I'll tell you that. Let's find out. Let's find out about it here. Well, I don't like that. That's better than the regular Voodoo Ranger. But there is something about that. I'll tell you what it tastes like. Hmm. Tastes like somebody made a Boilermaker. Kind of, of, yeah. Out of... uh, like an IPA, a cheap IPA, and uh, maybe like some Crown Royal. Yeah, because it's just kind of like <laughs> boozy, isn't yeah. it? Like I don't, I, I hate that word for some reason, boozy. Boozy, but it kind of is. It is, but it's not like it added extra complexity or anything with it too. No, I'm gonna go with the horse on Ren and Stimpy and say no, sir. I don't no, like sir. It. I don't like it. I don't like it. I'm not sure about this one, guys. Yeah. Everybody out there who recommended it, fuck you. I don't think anybody ever. No, nobody ever really did. <laughs> I got it. I, I honestly like. I got it as a pick of six at the store because I was like, well, this would be fun to try in the air and see if it sucks or not. I'm not sure that I like that. Turns out it does. I'm still going to drink it. Yeah, I'll uh, finish it. I mean, what are we gonna do? Wait, there are kids in Africa that don't have beer. Yeah, they're they're brewing. They're blood brewing. Uh huh. Exactly. And they don't even get beer. So. <laughs> Poor kids. Um, so anyway, when we so said, uh, when I said that, uh, that's fake, I was talking about the cliff. Oh yeah. yeah the yeah. cliff in this movie is either a matte painting at times or a miniature shot mm. with forced perspective to make it look like regular sized people on top of it. But in so, fact, like, it's just a miniature. When the thing like blows out of the yeah, cliff. Yeah, that's a miniature. That's pretty cool. It is cool. The effects in this are really good. I like that about it. I like its practicality, uh, etc. Hmm. I think this could serve very well, say, if you wanted your effects house to really build up a name, this would be a good way to do it. And that's exactly what this is, I think. I think yeah. this movie is really about uh, amalgamated dynamics uh, showing off what they can do, and and they did a great job at it. I tend to agree, man. Now, something that I do like about this movie, and we've talked about this on other episodes too, is the show me, don't tell me factor. Uh huh. Very little exposition in this yeah, movie. Yeah, I love how they actually sit and have a conversation where they present four theories as to where they come from. Yeah. And the resolution to that is, well, we're never gonna know. The end. Yeah, it doesn't matter. We just need to get away from these Yeah, we just things. need to get away. And that's exactly what he says. At one point, uh, Earl says, doesn't matter where they come from. Uh, and then they're trying to come up with a name. And he says, forget the damn name. Like, it doesn't matter. None of those things are going to affect whether or not we live. Yeah. So let's just forget all that bullshit and get down to the action. And I like that about it. Yeah. For sure. I do too. 
and, and again, it's ultimately kind of keeping it, you know, interesting. Yeah. Again, because kind of, kind of it, like the alien and stuff like that, where it's like, I don't know what's going on with these creatures. Mm. How long have they been around? Why have we never seen them before? Yeah. Keeps it interesting. You could look at that as a critique and be like, man, that's lame. Nothing's explained. I don't think that it really needed to be, though. No. This is a, this is a Saturday afternoon movie. And you got five more movies after this and a television series, yeah. all full of explanations. So don't worry. If you want to know uh, the convoluted uh, prehistoric history of the, the Graboids, you can get it from the future movies. Now, one character we didn't talk about yet is, uh, well, Lex from Jurassic Park, who's in this movie. Yeah, she is in this movie. And let me tell you, I have a theory. Tell me. Okay, so... Ben, yes. just imagine. Okay. You're John Hammond. I'm John Hammond. John! Yeah. You're working on cloning dinosaurs. Dino DNA. Got it. You got foreign governments wanting to know your secrets. Of course I do. You got other companies wanting to know your secrets. Obviously. You got fundamentalist religious people Shh, they're wanting taking the to fun, end your life. They're taking the fun out of fundamentalists. Exactly. They want to end your life because what you're doing is playing God. Mm, and you got this daughter and yeah. this this little uh, this granddaughter. Yeah. You got to hide them somewhere. I do. Yeah. What better town than perfection? Perfection. Let's Fourteen people. Here. It's it's surrounded on all sides. Nobody by, will know. They they can't even get the CB reception because the mountains go very far. Yeah. yeah. Not really any phones. Mm-mm, no. They're hiding out. Now, where's the little boy, you ask? They had to separate them. The oh. mom took the little girl. The dad took the little boy. Okay. I don't know where they went. Probably an even smaller town. Population yeah. 13. Talbot, Tennessee. Talbot, Tennessee. <laughs> so, they're hiding out from people trying to murder them. Yeah. Yeah, they are. Yeah. So, whenever Lex... Uh, goes to Jurassic Park, and she's like, you know, seeing the dinosaurs and things. She never mentions it, but she could at some point be like, I've seen something like this. Yeah, this reminds me of something I saw one time as a pogo, pogo kid. Stick and I remember, I think it was a worm, like a real big worm. You might have a point. You might <laughs> so be that's what something. This beer fucking sucks. Like every <laughs> sip I have, I'm sure you're watching me do it, is making yeah. me mad. Yeah, each sip is like, I don't, there's, it's not getting any better. There's almost a hint of, and I, I know that sometimes you talk about a, a beer that has a dry, bitter finish is almost having a soapy. Yeah. This, that's not really like what soap actually tastes like. Like this actually kind of tastes like somebody if dropped. If you bit into some soap. Or just like a drop of Dawn dish detergent, <laughs> like a harsh oh, chemical have, detergent. It does have like a, it leaves a film on your tongue too. This is a huge fail, New Belgium. <laughs> this fucking sucks. It's actually making me mad. Ugh. Anyway, if you guys want to uh, send us some more beer, we can try out. We would love to do that. Drop us an email. Where can the email us? Uh, it's a dead and lovely pot at gmail.com. Now, please send us other people's beer, though. Yeah. 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 New Belgium. Like, if you could, just <laughs> hook us up. Like, you know some people around town. Yeah, you guys got people. Yeah. <laughs> and we want to advertise your local breweries for free. So, yeah. Yeah. You should do that for us. 100%. Now, Steve, a lot of times with movies, 
on our show here, we like to like deep dive into like what the meaning of the movie, what the subtext is. Sure. I don't think there really is any with this movie. No, I this think is it all is, text. Yeah, it, yeah. It's mm-hmm. just like there's people. Mm-hmm. There's a monster. They try to live and get away from it. I think that that's basically it. Like I don't think yeah. this movie is about. Oh, it's about the oil industry. No. Or anything like that. It is about, I guess, a bunch of people coming together, but at the same time... It's exactly what they show you. That's not subtext. Yeah, and and, and they aren't coming from separate walks of life. They're coming mm-hmm. from Profession. literally yeah. feet away, away from each other. Right. So let's spend some time here talking about some of the scenes in the movie. Because this, this movie is kind of just a, a series of... Little set pieces uh-huh. at times. Like one of my favorite scenes in the movie is where we got the couple that are um, that are like exploring and stuff, and their car gets dragged under uh-huh. the dirt by the grab boys. Yeah, they're an older couple. I yeah. guess they just moved to perfection uh-huh. recently, and they're they're setting up their their trailer on mm-hmm. their little plot of land, and yeah, they're. The their generator first gets sucked underground. Yeah, gets the vibrations attracted the graboids, and then their car gets just completely pulled in after the husband gets completely pulled in. Yeah, it's almost like quicksand. We don't see the graboids at this point, mm-hmm. so it's not it's not actually until a little bit later that we first see a tentacle, and then a little bit later than that we actually see a full full graboid worm. That's a really cool scene because there's the there's the suspense element of like you don't really know yeah. what's happening, why they're getting drugged under the sand, and uh-huh. then even that when the car gets pulled down, like that's that's really scary. It it's is cool. It's cool because yeah. the thought of like you know, like drowning in a car, like your fall, oh. your car falls off a bridge, drowning or like in that. dirt. Oh, terrible! That sounds terrible. Yeah, quicksand of any kind, very bad. So I like that scene. What's some other uh, scenes in this flick that you like? Um, okay, so whenever uh, Earl and Val are out on the horses, yeah, 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 this the is when scene. they yeah. this is when they have seen the the tentacle, mm-hmm. and they you know they actually cut one off, and and they take it back to to the town, and everybody sees it. They're they get on horses to go get help, basically, and Bought then this beer. <laughs> And then the horses get tentacled down yeah. and they start running and they jump over this uh, retaining wall and the the graboid run, like runs into it and smashes through it. And that's when we kind of see what it really looks like. But it's dead. It killed itself on impact. Mm-hmm. Which uh, is cool. It is cool. And we, we get to see, the audience gets to see what it looks like in its full scale. Uh, pretty early on so that later when all those things are happening like the the tremor like bursts up through the floor of the of the store the right? store or even when they start like you know a breaking apart the store in a lot of ways the the Which ceiling cool. collapses and stuff that's a cool scene yeah we know without them having to show the full graboid we know how big it actually is so mm. it can do that I really like that early initial scene that sets up so we know scale what these things look like. That's true. But they That's don't true. have to show it constantly through the rest of the movie. You were telling me something about that scene with the store and it collapsing. That was pretty yeah, interesting. That How'd roof they do that? Colla- okay, so the the collapsing roof yeah. was set up so that they could uh, push it back up and, and st- 
have another take. So that thing was collapsible and then yeah. reassemblable. Uh huh. That's pretty badass. It is. I think the uh, the graboid coming up through the floor though is probably the closest it comes to a horror movie. Yeah. And the most like Jaws that it ever is because that definitely he he eats Chang and uh, Victor Wong's character. And God, when it he just bites, sounds so racist saying chain. It does. <laughs> but when the, the Graboid grabs him and bites down on him and he kind of like has blood come out of his mouth. Yeah. Just like that scene in Jaws. Oh, with, yeah, very much with so. With Quint being yeah, killed. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, but that also is just like raw power breaking through that yeah. the floor. I really enjoyed that scene. I understand that. I like that scene with the guys with the, the jackhammer. Uh huh. Yeah, where the jackhammer just like is being drug along because it gets stuck into the, cool. the graboid. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Also, lets you know that those things can withstand some damage. Uh huh. Which is all right. Yeah, I would say a lot of these scenes in this movie, uh, you know, I guess it's kind of an overarching theme that I would say throughout this flick. It's better than it needs to be. It is better than it needs to be. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I think that that phrase kind of sums it up very well because it's ultimately like. It's a movie about people in a little town that are being attacked by like worms under the ground. Uh-huh. That sounds like a a perfect, you know, sci-fi channel movie. And it feels sci-fi channel. In 1990, I think before sci-fi channel even existed. Like I think Yeah. the CEO of sci-fi channel sat down and he was like, "You ever seen Tremors?" What I about want a, a channel network. of that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. Only like you know what? Honestly, I think I just came to the conclusion of what this is. This movie is a sci-fi channel movie. Yeah, just down that fucking beer. You don't oh, want none of that. I'm, I'm, I'm fixing to take the medicine myself here. Yeah. This movie is like a sci-fi channel movie, but with good actors and practical effects. Yeah. That's exactly that what it is. That is exactly what it is. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And I think this movie, obviously, I like it. Grew up watching it. I, I still like it, but I see this movie's flaws. You improve the improve the music. Yeah. Uh, make I'm it, just grimacing over this beer. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> That's, I'm laughing at it. Never again. I just finished that off. And yeah, never again. No. Um, There's almost like a... Now I'm getting... Now that I had this big gulp, I'm getting like this shitty like artificial maple syrup flavor. Oh. That just fucking sucks and makes me mad. Yeah, it do. Ugh. Ugh. So you see its flaws. I see its flaws. Uh, I think the music could have been improved. Obviously. But even the flaws that I see, uh, aside from the music, I don't know that much could have been changed. Yeah. That would have made it better. I think I know this what you movie, mean. just as you said, it, it's better than it needs to be. Yeah. I think it is good. It is as good as the premise allows that's probably a great way to put it yeah yeah because honestly like this movie with again the whole premise being people in a town and dirt and worms dirt worms Big worms. yeah yeah it could have turned out way 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 worse uh-huh that's probably about as good as they could have done and i'm trying to think of like other elements that they could have 
added in to expand this story. Like, you know, it could be like, oh, this is something that the government unleashed. And it turns out that this guy that's the store owner in the town is actually a government agent that's been like feeding these things sure. the whole time to try to turn them into biological weapons. And, right. You know, you could have expanded on this a little bit more. But, I mean, I like the claustrophobia. I like that yeah. there is no outside influence that we know of. Mm-hmm. That it's all just this small little area. And that would explain why the these things that have obviously seemingly been around for a long time have never been seen before. Mm-hmm. Because there are no other towns around. And it's just, just locate, localized in this one little isolated area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that too. And that, that is an element that... I do enjoy in a horror movie. I yeah. like I like a bottle atmosphere. Where uh-huh. Everybody's kind of cooped up in one environment and stuff. But they don't ever really turn on each other or anything. That would have no. been an element to the movie that might have helped where if there had just been, you know, one yeah, Marsha Gay Harden type of Marsha yeah. Gay Harden in the mist type of character who's mm. like disagrees with everyone. Who, That's true. Pretty much everybody is like we should stick together. Yeah, which is what they should do, but yeah. it doesn't make for a very compelling That's true. Story. Like that's kind of like what would probably happen in real life, but that doesn't yeah. really make for an entertaining story to watch. No. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I mean there is the kid. I guess the kid is the primary antagonist. Mhm. Uh human antagonist cuz he keeps pranking everybody. And causing tensions to rise, but it's like undercut immediately every time where it's oh, just yeah. like, haha, it's a joke, and everybody's like, oh, you. Yeah. Um, it would have been nice if that had paid off a little more. I mean, because he does, he does go the boy who cried wolf territory where sure. uh, he does it three times, and then when it does finally happen, everybody's like, I'm going to kill this fucking kid because they think he's joking again, right. but he's, it's for real this time. Um, that's as tense as it gets, though, among mm-hmm. the people. <laughs> so, yeah, that's true. It could have been improved in that area for sure. Yeah, I tend to agree. I don't know, man. Like i I feel like I should like this movie more. I know that it is so beloved among. Yeah, it's got a big cult following. Yeah, especially yeah. among like our generation. Yeah, you know, people who saw it growing up. Yeah. Exactly, and I didn't. Yeah. So I feel kind of removed from it, and just looking at it, you know, totally objectively. I yeah. guess because I didn't grow up with it, but you know, there's there's very few things about myself that I truly dislike. Uh-huh. I would say one is my my very crooked teeth. Oh, two would be my total disdain for just regular old beef tacos. <laughs> I'm just I'm just I made apathetic. some of those today, but they weren't beef; they were ground turkey. I'm just. But so I was apathetic. thinking you you wouldn't like. Yeah, them. it's yeah. like you know who would be not stoked about this? Ellen. Ben. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then third would be. I just don't really like this movie that much. Okay. Like, it just seems like... I'll tell you what. There's a place for this movie. Uh Uh-huh. It is... It's Sunday afternoon. Right. I have literally nothing to do, which Uh never happens. And there's nothing else on TV. And I just want to put something on and take a nap. Okay. Because this is one of those movies where, because the plot is so simple... It is. You can pick it up... Oh yeah, anywhere. literally at any time. Well, I, and I think that's why those of it's us who Jaws grew up appeal, watching right? it, yeah, those who, of us who grew up watching it, 
It's that that is why we like it. Yeah, yeah. Because we would be flipping through the channels, and then it would be on Sci-Fi or USA, and it would be like, oh, okay, and just watch it from that point. Like, because you can. You don't. It's not an involved narrative. It's not very no. difficult. It's huh. just here's a story about some people dealing with some crazy ass worms. Right. Exactly. And you can just pick it up pretty much anytime. And be like, oh, here's a scene where they're they're damn. Um, uh, what do they call that? Where they get the big long sticks and jump across them. Oh yeah, the pole vaulting. Pole scene. vaulting scene. That's a real. That's a fun scene, but it's. Uh, yeah, that it, stupid music fucking kills it. The music. It. And it goes on way too long. It does. It and goes And where did the long. sticks come from? They did just what? happen to have some perfect little poles there. And how come one of these fucking worms can bust through the edge of a canyon but can't jump up through one of those rocks? Come on. Well, I mean... Straight through a cliff wall, Steve. That's true. I don't know. Honestly, The I'm assuming the soil must be loose. Soft. So, the soil of a man's heart is stonier. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's true. The soil of a man's heart is stonier than Lewis the soil Creed. of perfection. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> so what do you think of this flick overall? Because I'm kind of disappointed in myself that uh, I don't love it. Where are you be. at on it? Um so uh I've now I have now established in my own mind yeah. that for me, uh, the autopsy of Jane Doe yeah. is the fivest five. Okay, that's like, the most for me, five. Yeah. For me, every movie has to be better than or worse than the autopsy of Jane Doe. Kind of like our buddy Asa who's like, is it better than yeah. Jurassic Park 3? Yeah, is right. it better than Jurassic Park 3? But that's like, uh, Jurassic Park 3 is like a one. So is it better than that? It's certainly maybe, yeah, it's absolutely better, than, better yeah. than that so you're saying jane doe is five yeah so if a movie from from me when i'm thinking of how to rate a movie i'm like do i like it better than the autopsy of jane doe okay uh and for this one a little bit a little bit better a little bit better in some ways the directing of autopsy of jane doe is way better the acting is better yeah, obviously. and the tension is so much better. Definitely, but, this movie has less cocks in it. Brian Cox. Yeah, yeah, and less boobs in it. Leslie boobs. Leslie boob. <laughs> it's true. No <laughs> boob. There's no boob in this movie. There are no boobs in it. Um, I I think though it's barely better, and a lot of it for me is nostalgia. A lot of it for me is I grew up with it, and I have so many positive associations with it. I like that you're seeing it so objectively, though. Yeah, I'm not going to pretend this is an amazing movie, but I am going to say it's a movie I can watch at any time, and I think that there are people who haven't seen this movie who will watch it and love it. Probably. Yeah, you don't have to have grown up on it. Because my, my wife liked it just fine. She didn't think it was the greatest movie of all time. Yeah. But she had a good time watching it, and she didn't grow up with it. Right. Uh, so I'm going to give this a 5.1. 5.1, just barely edging over. Barely better than the autopsy of Jane Doe. And only because, because honestly, when I, I started doing screenshots for autopsy, I may have mentioned this last week. But uh, uh, when I started I doing so. screenshots no. for Autopsy of Jane Doe, I started appreciating a lot more. Really? Yeah, because not... Pretty movie. 
it's very well shot and it's so like the the lighting is so perfect and everything like it like andre overdahl anything he does i'll watch it for sure now because troll hunter is amazing and autopsy of jane doe is is as middle of the road as i think things get which is a positive. It's real positive it's to fat be. Fat Tire the movie. It is. No. No. Okay. Fat Tire is more of a four. Okay. Okay. Got it. It's more like a. Man, I don't know. It's Killian's like a, Irish Red the movie. <laughs> it's a Killian's Irish Red from from a keg at a party downtown Jefferson City. Yeah, and you say that's fine. Sure, I'll have one. It's just fine. Sure. Yeah. That makes me feel a little bit better about it. Because, I Good. mean, e- even as somebody like yourself who did grow up with this movie and has the nostalgia factor. Yeah, I love it. I love watching it. And, and you're still just like, you know what, though? It's barely, literally barely above average. Yeah, barely. I, uh, again, I watched this for the first time a couple months ago. Watched it again. Uh, I did Confession Time. Unholy uh, Confession Oh, time. no. I did fall asleep while watching this movie both times. <laughs> And had to rewind <laughs> both times. That says a lot. I mean, it might say a lot more about your, your actual life that you were very busy both times you tried to watch Could it. Could be. Or, or it just, it just or, bored you. I mean, or it just says this is the perfect Sunday take a nap movie. It's obviously a throwback to the big rubber monster movies. Yeah, of it's, a, year. it's a B-horror. It's like a Roger Corman flick. Yeah, exactly. Only for the, you know, early 90s generation. And more of a, a PG-13. Yeah. Yeah, let, yeah. No real big sex or anything going Apparently on. the original cut had a lot more about a words in it, though. Yeah, it did. There apparently. was a lot more F-bombs and stuff throughout this movie, which there there is, like, a pretty funny amount of, like, bad language in this movie. Yeah. Uh, but apparently there was a lot more in the original, well, and they went back and redubbed. At a certain it. point, you can see it very clearly when Burt Gummer says "Mother Humper" that he said "Motherfucker." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, they just went back and yeah. ADR'd it or something, right? Yeah. It's this. This movie is fine. Uh-huh. It's like it, it's fun enough. The interaction between uh, Val and Earl are really fun. Yeah. Again, I, I, this is one of my most favoritest Kevin Bacon characters. I think. Oh, okay. Be- because he's not just playing like some asshole hunk like he does in a lot of movies. Uh-huh. Or stealing somebody's cab like in Plain Strange Automobiles. That's true. Yeah. I like how like awkward and intimidated he is by Rhonda's intelligence. Yeah. Like he's definitely intimidated and I like that. Do you like the the kiss at the end? No. I cuz again, I... I just don't believe that they would be a couple. Okay, so the original ending was they were they're driving away and val and earl val and earl they're driving away in their truck and basically earl is like sure you want to leave you know maybe you could have something with Rhonda, etc and he's like nah i want to go to bixby and so they keep driving and then earl says oh i forgot my lighter and they turn around the end okay but when so they it's scream, kind of like an implied, like, oh, he wants to go yeah, back. Yeah, and I like that better. Yeah, that is better. But the original screening, apparently people were super into the movie, like really having fun with it. But near the end, they started chanting, kiss her, kiss oh, her. I thought they were going to chant, we are dumb. We are dumb. 
<laughs> they started chanting kiss her kiss her and they they decided like okay like if that's what the audience wants yeah because again this movie was never meant to be some like huge artistic expression Obviously, yeah it was supposed to show great effects and have a serviceable story so they I went would, back and shot the scene where he kisses her i would say that is exactly what this movie is mm-hmm. good practical effects serviceable story mm-hmm. not much to it it's only what an hour and 40 yeah hour and 40 i still feel like it could be a buck 20 yeah it could there are uh, a, a few too many maybe like uh scenes where it's like well you gotta run over there oh no yeah. they're chasing you let's make noise yeah i feel like there is some cutting that could have been done to this yeah. movie to make Get it, it down a to about shorter. an hour 20 i think so yeah. you know just barely technically a movie i would have been very okay with that uh perfectly okay it's not like if somebody has it on at a party i'm gonna like i'm fucking leaving because yeah I'll, it's especially weird because all the parties take place at my house. It's true. So I've got nowhere you just to go. Get in your car and drive off. Yeah, exactly. What? Where am I going? You know, I'll be like, well, I got to be gone for at least an hour and forty minutes. You know, it's fine. I don't have the nostalgia factor. I don't hate it. I don't love it. I can't say that I'll watch it again anytime soon. Mm. But it's fine. Uh, four and a half. Okay. Four and a half. I I'm feel okay like I should. I feel like I should like it more because I love a shitty movie. I think I've given lower scores uh, to um, to Friday the Thirteenth Part Three, for instance. I love the Friday the Thirteenth. That's probably true. That's so probably true. it's fine. But at the same time, it's like this isn't as shitty as those are shitty. Like it's no. not so shitty that it's like it's fun in terms of how shitty it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not B movie enough. It's also not comedy enough or horror enough or action enough uh-huh. it's kind of like all the stats across the board are like at a four you it's know? like a, it's like a kin yeah. like if you're playing street fighter the balanced character yeah yeah or a much. mario if you're playing mario kart yeah exactly Just exactly like not the fast balanced. acceleration of a yoshi yeah not the high top speed of a bowser no just, just middle of the road middle the whole of the road way. Well, Steve, I'm looking forward to talking about what we have to talk about next week on the show. Oh, yeah? We're going to be talking about The Hills Have Eyes. It's a crazy movie in which hills come to life and can see Uh, you. No, no, that's a different one. That's a different movie. Oh, no. That's not what happens in this one. Oh. This one's a Rob Zombie movie. Oh, is it? In which it's like every Rob Zombie movie. (laughs) it is the inspiration for most Rob Zombie. Movies. Oh, so we're yeah. not watching the Rob Zombie. No. Okay, we're watching, no, we're watching the, original. the original. Wes Craven, The Hills Have Eyes. I forgot that was Craven, yeah. Yeah. Tight. Yeah, it's big. I mean, this is uh, The Hills Have Eyes poster in the Evil Dead uh-huh. basement. Yep. Like, yep, yep, yep. The Hills Have Eyes is... It's a historic flick. It is. It's a historic flick, and it... It obviously takes something from Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which is a movie we covered. I mean, all this this month, we're covering summer movies. Yeah, exactly. Great um, review on iTunes. Am I right? 100%. Um, but, like, The Hills Have Eyes is one of those that's, like, it's got that d- desert, uh, like, um, Hitchhikers claustro- come across the wrong part of town. Yeah, come across thing. the wrong part of town. Claustrophobic because... They, they can't go anywhere, despite a, the fact that they're in this huge open like desert. They can't go anywhere. And it's, yeah. I really like it. I I like the remake, and we'll talk more about that I haven't seen for it the yet. episode. I do like the remake, but the original is just so great. I know somebody out there is already wringing their hands. I said hitchhikers. I meant just 
traveling kids. Yeah, no, I can't. Our place. <laughs> yeah. Traveling family. Traveling There's family. There's old folks in there. Oh. Mm-hmm. I've watched this once. I watched it probably like a year or two mm-hmm. ago. And I really liked it, and it's very grim and gruesome. It so, is grim and gruesome. I'm looking forward to talking about this one. In the meantime, where can they find us on them internets? At Dead Lovely Pod. Oh, on yeah? Twitters and Instagrams. Wonderful. Can they email us and tell us about other movies we should Dead watch? DeadandLovelyPod at gmail.com. And can they offer to send us beers to try on the show? You can 100%. And people have offered in the past. And so if you've offered in the past and you've uh, always wondered... Uh, how how to send us beers? Just email us, and I will give you an address. It's not our permanent address. Uh, we will be working on getting something, I guess, in the future for yeah. that. But uh, currently, we have a place you can send stuff to. Um, and then also uh, check out our Facebook group, which is super duper fun. It is. We enjoy talking with y'all, uh-huh. dead and lovely listeners. You guys can find me on Instagram at Ben Eller Guitars. Steve, where do they find you? Astrobahush. Perfect. That's me. <laughs> Steven Spratling on Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening. We're looking forward to talking about the Hills Have Eyes with you all next week as we're getting into this late summer heat oh it's just smoldering out there Ah, sweat by the time i get back i will be a sweaty betty Uh hopefully i won't have no sunburn or no suntan yeah i'm one of them pale boys yeah me too i have to wear a hoodie all the time i hope i don't overdose on shrimp (laughs) i hope you don't either i'll be unkosher as fuck oh damn it's gonna be great i'm gonna eat a scallop just one I'm, I might eat a couple. I was going to say, I'd eat several. The greatest thing about eating like a shrimp or a scallop is that uh-huh. you're eating an entire animal. You really are. And the whole eat, animal. When you eat just a ton of shrimp, it's just like just a school yeah. of shrimp. You're like, oh, I just ate a family. Oh, I just ate a town. Oh, I just <laughs> ate a school. When you eat rice, you're like, I just ate an entire goddamn rice patty. Dude, <laughs> rice is the perfect food for when you want to eat like a hundred of something. Mitch Hedberg. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye.